Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This Week in League is brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile's League Live, the ultimate NRL app for league fans putting the NRL at your fingertips. News, scores, TV viewing schedules, match day information, and more. Search for Sportsmate in the App Store or on Google Play to download League Live today. This Week in League. In Belmore, bottles are thrown when a game of rugby league breaks out at a proctologist convention. Panama Papers are surpassed by Parramatta Papers as funds are funnelled via mythical entities such as Anthony Watmail. Penrith X-Factor Bryce Cartwright proves to be the X-Factor as the Panthers out X-Factor the X-Factors of the Eels. And we preview all the action for round six of the 2016 NRL season. All that and more this week in League. Welcome to episode 216 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. Welcome again to all our new listeners. Thanks for stopping by. And we get some new guys tweeting us uh, each week, so that's fantastic. And uh, also, if you're listening for the first time and you don't like the show, send us a tweet because uh, we love fucking hearing the feedback no matter what. Spot on. And uh, yeah, and we'll, we'll blow you up on here too and make you famous. Um, now, Mailbag this week. Short and sweet from Ben Hetcho 43 Jake can fuck off with his sharks bashing. <laughs> um, it's Mutsy. Last week, put it to him. Uh, is it Mutsy? Because like, I prefer to say like Mut, but it's uh, Mutsy, and no one pronounced his name right. And uh, yeah, he uh, he sent us a tweet uh, yesterday, actually, like last night. Recording tonight, guys. Going for another two and a half hour episode. Hashtag, you know, you want to. No, no, we do not. Um, our pop Schwankervescence. Josh Hannay's cunt cousin said, catching up on last week's ep, Jay's hash soccer hobbyist call, outstanding. Thank you, sir. Uh, then, to contrast, it's a week of contrast. We're giving you the fucking bouquet. Now here comes a brick bat. Bernard JKD, association football is the world's biggest sport. All caps. Not a hobby. No need to thank me. Oh, you won't get one. Don't worry about that. Yeah, and it is, it's the world's biggest hobby. Exactly. <laughs> you know, go, go and hang out with the model train collectors <laughs> and those people that put fucking garden gnomes all through their garden doing different things. Bird watching? Bird watching. Go find fucking Bill Lottie and watch some birds. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully he grabs a black pudding and fucking icky thumps you in the head. I'm trying to think what else would you classify as a hobby. Oh... Stamp collecting. I thought of one, and it was and it was going to be something that would just really fucking. It would just drive a lot of people offside, but I've forgotten it. Lost it. Had the thought. Yeah. Lost it. Dropped it. Came down to me, flying down. Game was on the line. Yeah. Grand final. You know what? Dropped it. Just because something's the world's biggest something. <laughs> yep. Doesn't make it the best. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Bieber goes to number one. Yep. Bieber's number one. Yep. Okay. 
it's Mutsy again. I love the fact that I can go through last year's episode of This Week in League, but it's doing my head in going between Glenn and Jay. That's actually known to cause epilepsy, and you should probably stop. Yeah. Look, yeah, I'll tell you what, Jay's got nothing better to do. How we go through, he can learn his lines from Glenn. <laughs> we go through and redub all the old episodes, <laughs> just like it was an old episode, old, old season Monkey Magic or something. Um, <laughs> Benny DTD. What I really want to know is, who is the Vandals fan in the uh, This Week League podcast? That'd be me, Nate. And I did respond to you on uh, on Twitter about that, but uh, yes, I've seen them many times. Saw them at the that whatever that venue was called at the time. I don't even remember what it was called. It wasn't. It was before it was like the Healer and stuff like that. So I don't know what it was called back then. But um, <clears throat> yeah, saw them there and saw them another club in Brisbane. Saw them at a couple of Warp tours yeah, many times. I've seen Warren Fitzgerald's dick. Um, but all that sort of music is is my is my shit pretty much. Or it was back then, and you know, to, and they, you know, they, we, we spoke about this this year, isn't it? Like the music was a Chris Rock thing. Like the mu- the music that you listen to is from the yeah, first start fucking or whatever, you know, up up to you up to your early twenties, and then like that's that, yeah. it. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Um, <clears throat> where are we? Manly Brett. I love all the bunker outrage. Newsflash: the same Muppets are running the bunker that were in charge last season. Hashtag refs fault. Look, I fucking I love the bunker. I I have no outrage. You know what? I I can't see one occasion this year that the bunker has acted outside of the rules. Yeah, certainly um, hasn't. You know, the bunker doesn't have fucking X-ray vision technology. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the the bunker doesn't have fans. Clearly, do though. Yeah, they know. They oh, they know. They know. They know because usually um, it's like something that happens, the, you know, at the detriment of their own side. Yeah. So they know the other thing is the truth. The exactly. Thing is true. Yeah. You know what most of these people need to fucking worry about? The day that they invent a bedroom bunker. <laughs> you know, they'll finish their three and a half minutes of missionary, and their poor <laughs> partner will make some grunting sounds just to get them the fuck off them, and then all of a sudden there'll be a voice. Oh, uh, I can clearly okay, see in bottom this? left camera that she's not arching her back. She's only making noises, clearly faking. Not a single bead of sweat. Have a decision, go into the board. Uh, so yeah. just, you know, lay off the fucking bunker. The, and the, the bunker is, is definitely better than what we had last year, unless you motherfuckers have got, you know, like a bunch of dories out there with the memory. Yeah. There hasn't, I mean, there's... So there's decisions that we you know, we'll talk about this week too, but I have to back the bunker as well, and particularly fucking Paul Gallen. Gee, got some words for him. Yeah. Um, and I love how you let Jay have his rant and then proceeded to pepper the next two minutes with X Factor. I wish we'd seen his face. <laughs> oh look, my my face my face was a mix of of disgust and horror. My favourite moment from this this year so far. Look, at the end of the day. Because that's what I knew. X-Factor. Like, finally, he's glenned himself. Yeah. Now, saying X-Factor <laughs> is just not being able to form the words or not having enough of a vocabulary to describe what the playable I- the player is capable of doing or has done. So, instead of saying player XYZ has a good turn of speed and is able to beat the defensive line with footwork, they go, he's the X-Factor. That's so, footwork and speed already exist as words. X factor is for the intangibles. No, and and also if you look at the dictionary now, now it's in the dictionary. Now it's in the dictionary is something you don't like to hear, which is why every fucking week from now until the end of eternity, we're going to be getting tweets about X factors. That's fine. <laughs> for the vocab challenge, to keep um, going on your X factors. You've um, the, the, you, you've you've exposed the chink now in the armor. Don't be racist. 
I'll say, you had some of that China food tonight. <laughs> Shunt 86. I just finished the app. I don't know why, but that's a top 10 app for me. Quality. It's a top 10 out of like 200 plus. It's pretty fucking good. Fuck, thank you, sir. It's pretty fucking good. Especially for a, a stalwart. Yeah. He's featured in so many apps oh, as a superstar himself. Exactly. This guy, this guy he's, he's uh, put, him, put his body on the line. Well, he, he's obviously a very intelligent man, given his, his choice of team to support. Yeah, he probably has nothing to do with where he, you know, where he lives <laughs> and been around his whole life. But yeah. I'll give you the example of the previous co-host of this show that where you live has nothing to do with the team you support. No, but he did start he did start off down there with the with the Maggies and that though, so in Penrith. Yeah, no, but they, he was living in Ed's and that though, and you yeah, know, at the okay, time we sort of he was born in the in Penrith Hospital, I'm pretty sure, but you know, it's not necessarily where you're actually born, but you know, when you're at an age where you become conscious of rugby league and start going to games and that, I think is probably a fair, yeah, fair point because I was born in Bankstown Hospital. Ooh, mm, I take that back. Doggies, bro. Yeah, you got any wild turkey, Randy? No, you want to go get an HSP? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mario Siegs. My manshake brings all the spoons to the yard. Made me laugh a bit too loudly. With things like that that are very impromptu, and I just you know, just like uh, you, you go back to the table and go, like, oh, I could have fucking, I could have said brought it to the hunter or something like that. I think I said to the knights, but yeah, could have you know, could have could have done better. But you know, this is what happens when you don't plan anything. You just say shit. The first thing comes in your head. Sexy underscore Bethany ninety seven. Cross cross dresser. This week in league, a voice of sanity among the madness that is today's media. Love you all. And that kind of, you know, left, less than symbol three, you know, sideways heart thing. Yeah, nice. Troy underscore 79. Guess who he goes for after this tweet, if you know, I mean, if you don't know him. I disagree about the Broncos being a more likable team this year. I dislike them more than ever since Milford arrived. Hash shit cunt. Was he a Canberra fan? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The most vocal, most probably. Or one of, certainly one of the top three. Tater underscore chips. Finally listening to this week's app. Such insight, wit and intelligence. Beautifully enunciated swear words like honey over gravel. Wow. Thanks, Spudsy. So, you know what? That's the sort of person that doesn't need X Factor. That's the sort of person that can express themselves eloquently without just going... X Factor. She's got to be an X Factor, though. No. <laughs> and she doesn't want X Factor. She, this is the thing. She's got it. You've got no say. No, X Factor isn't like herpes. <laughs> it's not something you have, don't want, and can't get rid of. No one wants to get rid of. No one wants to get rid of X Factor, like, except for the television show. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much the only one I want to get rid of. Um, Adrian underscore Maitland. Ah, just listened for the first time. A refreshing take on the NRL. Fucking loved it. Had me pissing myself. You funny cunts. Hooked. Look, I love that. Welcome, first of all, Adrian. Welcome, welcome, sir. Secondly, you've dived in on the Twitter machine. And you just, you just, you're talking our language already. Spot on. You're dropping C bombs and shit. You're going to fit in just fine. Yeah, you know what? Amazing. Make sure you keep on and keep tweeting at the show. And Mm -hmm. the more you do that, the more the rest of the community will become involved with you. Yep, that's it. And you'll either find some good online buddies or uh, some people to go through rehab with. Yeah, and then Saguna will tweet you just emojis all over the place, just throwing eggplants and, and three splashes emojis at you. <laughs> so everyone get around. Adrian underscore Maitland. Okay. Uh, at Hammers. 
Great app, guys. Kept me going through the fucking freezing fucking night shift in a wheat paddock in freezing fucking West Wylong. The fuck you doing down there, son? Doing the Lord's work. I had a mate that was working down there, and he was working in comms for you know for fucking gold mine down there or something. I think somewhere down around there. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I remember you tomorrow when I'm having my weedy bix. Hey, danger underscore anger. While the Esky is a great nickname for Romolo, I'm I'm uh, I'm partial to putting an NRL touch on it with Trisenberg. <laughs> 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 Hash the one who knocks on. <laughs> That, like, that that there is one of the fucking tweets of the entire run of this show, I reckon. It's fantastic. It's amazing. Um, Jim Mutsi's getting a lot. Uh, talking about uh, the, the religion angle last week, we were talking about Scientology and our own sort of thing, and he said, my suggestion for the hash twilligion is Church of Mintoology. Hash Elrond Grubbard, hash Trianetics, hash the new factor. <laughs> Another, you, you guys are fucking killing it this week. Uh, <laughs> and then, then we got some, we got some praise coming for for Jay here. He's a uh, slippy underscore eel. <laughs> What's with Jay? I've got one of those shit in quotes haircuts and support para. We're gonna have more peaks and valleys than hope so. <laughs> And I said, so what, you got like a, a man bun? He's a full shave with top knot, and I look good. <laughs> Off you go. Yeah. <laughs> you, you made a new friend. <laughs> look, here's the thing. If when you said one of those shit haircuts, you were referring to cornrows. Yeah. I said, like, have you got like Patrick Rafter hair or something like that? Yeah, maybe. And, and look, a man bun is no urban samurai, but unless it's up there for a specific purpose, like... I need my hair to be up in a bun so it doesn't uh, fall in my face when I'm serving people at the drive-thru. I'm just assuming being yeah, a para got, fan that that's, that's what you're doing. Make your hair short enough. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Is, is he 17? Is he angry at mum and dad? Yeah, I mean, maybe if you're like, maybe if you're a singer in like an emo band on weekends or something, yeah. and you need to, you know, you know, is is he at that? Um, you're a singer in an emo band, but you need to you need to fuck you need to fucking grind that nine to five too. Yeah, that's it. You're not quite there. That's it. You you still got to turn up every day for the man. You know, just be exactly. another cog in the machine. Yep. You can't can't let your locks down. You got to bun that shit up. Yep. Yeah, maybe. But uh, at the end of the day, you're a para fan. Maybe you need him to dry your tears. <laughs> uh, at uh. Benny27. Well, this is a conflicting tweet for you. Jay is the X factor this week in League Needed. That's revelation. Stand by it. <laughs> Finally, he's on board with the term X factor. <laughs> uh, this is a whole section of X factor, really. I mean, um, Mutsi, love the episode, guys. Jay's definitely stamping his mark on the podcast. X factor. <laughs> Mup23 reminded me of something that I fucking had, I'd swear I'd forgotten. Said, so I traced the Harlem Shake poop back to you, but was it Jay that sent it to you that a long time ago? I know, and I was like, look, it, it had to be. If it wasn't him, it was it was Mr. Wars because it had to be one of you two. It had to be one of you two, and sure enough, it was you. Yeah. And uh, so then you sent the tweet, the the link again, and then I watched it, and I was like, yeah, watch it five times. <laughs> The fucking hilarious. The best thing about that link is that there is nothing in it that gives away what it goes to. <laughs> Except for the name. And even then you can kind of go, oh, well, you know, at the start he's doing, you know, so yeah, it's that's what it is. But It's like the outside of a closet to a stinky Narnia. 
<laughs> if you, if you uh, remember the Harlem Shake craze, how long ago was that? That must have been like a couple of years ago, right? At least. At least two years ago. <coughs> uh, so the Harlem Shake craze. <laughs> just just Google Harlem Shake poop. And um, and just because there's probably listeners that are new. Well, there's certainly listeners that are new to the show since back then. So um, Google that. Find the appropriate link. Click and enjoy. Watch, watching good health. <laughs> Learn, kiddies. Send, sending videos like that is how you end up in the chair. <laughs> uh, Lynn Shields, your state of origin game three scenario was hilarious. Hard not to laugh out loud. Hash, thank God for headphones. Now, Panthers' performances. We're talking about the you know the rocks and diamonds thing, or with yep. Panthers, you know, like on the scale of biscuits. Had some uh, suggestions come through, such as um, Chapo. The base Chapo said, uh, Panthers' performances should be known as Kingston's for good and Sayo's for bad. And, like, people do, I mean, you know, but there, are, there's, there is certainly a, a group of people that would uh, would rate Kingston's above all. Kevy Kingston's probably one of them. You know, they, Kingston's go all right. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And the, so do Sayo's. There's a time and a place for a Sayo. Yeah. Oh, fuck, it's store, store with tomato and a bit of pepper, a bit of salt and pepper. I was thinking more when you're 13 you, and at boarding school for the first time. And <laughs> it's, it's the only go to boarding school, so I didn't get that old jacking off and eat <laughs> It's in a circle of you and your mates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucking a dozen of your best buds. Yeah. <laughs> your best roomies. <laughs> Every time I see a sayo now, I'm confused, but still a little curious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, where are we? Nathan Sully, 89. Panthers shit biscuit analogy. Scotch fingers. Nobody likes them. Crumble up the spine and turn to paste in hot water. Look, I I appreciate the the thought that's gone into it, and like you, you are correct in everything you said. I don't know why you're talking about why you're dipping biscuits in hot water in the first place. Yeah, that's that's not something. You know, I mean, at least you know tea or coffee or something like that. But come on, son. Um, and then I said like you, you know controversial call and he said I stand by all of it come at me scotch finger fans if your retirement village lets you out unsupervised <laughs> uh, hoop dog 87 hoop said uh, orange creams that's the shit one people seem to be nominating what they think is the shittest biscuit yeah um, and he said but yes the peanut butter Tim Tams were also trash then just like just before we got the show on the road tonight had uh, had beer boy 182 tweet and say as a fan of peanut butter tim tams i'm still upset about the mid called shit as i sit here dipping one in my pb and j maxi bond slop and i was like yeah, then, then the luke burgess parody account luke burgess twin came and said peanut butter tim tams can get in the sea and then it was on about peanut butter tim tams but um tall hayden chipped in and said peanut butter tim tams were terrible how the fuck did they get them so wrong peanut butter lint balls are thumbs up thumbs up emojis correct and he said, you know what? I've actually only had them dipping them in other PB stuff. Maybe I'll try them straight. And then he comes back with a Wikipedia screenshot where it's, he says, actually, perhaps I was too easy on artists. Check this. Fucking paprika. And then it's got a highlighted section passage of the Wikipedia. It says, also, in July 2014, Arnott's launched peanut butter flavored Tim Tam. Arnott's was awarded a Shonky Award for the offering, which did not contain peanuts. It says, paprika was used as a flavor substitute and included two fewer biscuits in the original variety Tim Tam packet. I did not. That's new facts to the table, but that explains why you're expecting to taste peanut butter. And yeah, it's like some fucking well, yeah, because paprika is obviously every time I'm eating fucking paella, I'm just thinking, my god, this is this, this peanut butter rice is delicious. 
You fuckers are a bad day away from being a current affair investigators. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, I'm pleased. So, so in the course of that thing, so I, I'm, I still maintain that, that peanut butter Tim Tams. You, you know what? There, there are shit biscuits out there. Like I'm sure Aldi's got a fucking ton of them. But, yeah, probably. But like that peanut butter Tim Tams, they they're the ones that sit on my radar. So yeah, I'm, so obviously, I'm surprised no one came to the the obvious one. You know, so, and called called like a, a fantastic Penrith performance, a Nat Sinclair, and and a horrible Penrith performance, like the opposite end of that scale, like a naked Gus or something. It's, <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was I had a, a couple of images like you know Rosie O'Donnell. Like <laughs> <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell doesn't have anything to do with Penrith. No, no, that's true too. But so you need the biscuits apart from the, you know obviously the the tie you know with you know, susceptibility to injury. And crushing. Yeah, okay. So, the reason why they didn't come out with anything other than biscuits is because we were talking about biscuits. But, um, look, if you can think of a better... What is this? This Week in Type 2? <laughs> For the kids. <laughs> For the kids. <laughs> okay, and um, just when you start to feel good about yourself, at Forever Useless. Forever Useless... I listened to 30 minutes of this crap. I have not heard more bullshit and unwarranted criticism. Hashtag numbskulls, hash idiots, hash armchair heroes. Well, let me address a couple of those points. It'd be fucking very hard for us to record this podcast in anything other than armchairs because I don't think there's an extension cord long enough for us to actually run around on a football field as we record. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, it's at 30 minutes. So realistically, he wasn't even through, like, you know, listeners tweeting and stuff like that anyway. So who knows what the fuck is... He doesn't actually know, didn't actually listen to the, you know, oh. the, the, the show proper. He's in the community, the community part. But also, you can't spell heroes. It's just the thing, I'll, I'll pick up on everything, mate. And I'll have a look at your Twitter feed, and all you fucking do is auto-post shit from your Fitbit and retweet pictures of fucking big titted milfs and am i would i be correct in assuming that fit pit the fit bits measure vigorous arm movements probably probably yeah in this account i can't see any other i can't i can't see any other way that you know the readings could be so high yeah well look i'm i'm gonna quote australian entertainment icon graham kennedy we'll paraphrase him once after he got a whole lot of complaints mm-hmm. about a television show that he'd done, a lot of people wrote into the, the the TV ombudsman, whatever, and said, I was offended by Graham Kennedy three times last night, to which he replied, if I offended you once and you didn't change the channel, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> so to get through 30 minutes... <laughs> Of something you hate, like, what are you doing? Did you drop your iPhone under the seat of your car? Parafan, I think, too. Yeah, that's, oh, that's okay. the thing. So apparently, it's uh, it's unwarranted criticism because those cunts are cheating salary cap and you know, oh. overpaying, underachieving, fucking blew their what on what mo, yeah, fucking dumped the bottom yeah. of the table when they yeah. lose all their points this season. And all the other shit that a perennial fucking loser since the early 80s yep. but you has know to what? feel about life. Out there for having your opinion, good on yeah. your son, and I hope that your podcast does very well. 
This everyone's week, got everyone's got a podcast. He's got a podcast. This, That's this probably why he's so cranky. This week in milfs and Fitbits. <laughs> <laughs> this week in tweeting, tweeting big titted milfs creepy stuff about how you like their outfit. Oh wow! Be, uh, no, we got that one done. Uh, this week in Luke Dawn, we'll be back next week. Um, as I said last week, Facebook. <laughs> another 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 contribution this week from the mines hey boys I'm a long time listener and also one of the miners that work with the real Robbo last week. <laughs> I think we should dedicate a weekly story about him this week in the life of Robbo we already have enough stories to get you through to episode 497 he was so disappointed he let his super coach down, down this week he said he's going to do 30 squats over an extra large witch's hat <laughs> to get his coach Craig aka Browntown back to the back to the top maybe Robert Louis could be his training partner thanks for giving us something to talk about at work from uh, Mr. Joshua, thank you, sir, and uh, yeah, we're happy to hear from any of you boys in the crew any time. Uh, glad to uh, help you pass the time over there. Um, Good luck exploring those deep, dark caverns that you prowl around. And <laughs> yeah. you, you lemmy winks here. Yeah, and, and, and regards related regards to Robo, of course. I uh, would love to hear from him at some stage as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so membership stuff has been designed. You just you saw tonight. You saw how the the uh, the shirt. Is going to come along, and you know, which is probably going to be the theme of everything. So um, very impressive. Pretty fucking happy with it so far. I'm I, it, I couldn't think of one place I couldn't wear that. Yeah, it's very, it's very, um, it's fucking, it's very like high end sporty, like yeah, like a, like a Nike sort of, you know. Yeah, so it's fucking it's good. I'm loving it. Um, and you put the Nike tick on it though, so that's probably. Oh what yeah, we I need to put a swoosh on it. Yeah, then it would be Nike. Exactly yeah. Nike, really. Um, the, what else? Shout out to Justin White on Facey for finding the link to the old revision of the Scott Minto Wikipedia page it just it, it never gets old it's been years since I've read it but it's just it's amazing um, it's up there on Twitter we tweeted it last week probably a week ago you know as you're listening to this um, but also if you look on the post on Facebook for our last episode uh, Justin posted on the, a reply to that uh, with the link in there too so if you want to check out the adventures of Scott Minto in Egypt at the government or you know somebody the man the Illuminati, someone's trying to suppress it. So uh, if you want to get you know get to the facts, go click that and you'll see. And also hear about his immortality and you know the rest of it. All those things that actually happened. All things that actually happened. And uh, yeah, just it's an incredible story for a great man. And I just think it's been unfairly fucking brushed under the carpet. <laughs> so, so it's been swept swept under the rug and, uh, and uh, you know, it's time to get it out there. Okay, first story this week. The NRL Integrity Unit has called former Parramatta boss Scott Seward to provide evidence in the salary cap investigation that threatens to see the Eels docked competition points. It's a dramatic twist into the probe. The Eels have agreed to waive Seward's confidentiality agreement for him to be interviewed on the Proviso 2 Club representative sitting in on the meeting. It's understood the NRL is unlikely to accept their condition and will require a private meeting with the former Parramatta chief executive. He's been the scapegoat for Parramatta's piling list of indiscretions since his sudden departure last year, and there is fear that he'll tip the bucket on the club if given an opportunity to testify against the Eels. Uh, the Eels have publicly agreed to fully cooperate with the NRL in its investigation, and a failure to waive Seward's confidentiality agreement may have been seen as a sign of guilt and unwillingness to comply. However, Parramatta has set the si- sign off on an arrangement that will allow him to fly up from his Melbourne home to meet the NRL Integrity Unit next week. Um, so, 
the NRL has started interviewing Eels employees this week, and uh, they hope to hope to reach an outcome by the end of next week. But uh, Chairman Steve Sharp and Chief Executive John Bullos have yet to be called into meetings with the Integrity Unit, um, and so what they're looking at at the moment is uh, third-party agreements and um, regarding Anthony Watmo that were not properly disclosed, and. Uh, it seems like there's a couple of other guys in there as well. Like Corey Norman is another one uh, with his contracts, and it seems that what the what the NRL or what the investigation is getting at is that they have been actually arranging third party agreements. Like third party agreements, by their nature, have to be negotiated at arm's length from the club, and the club can't facilitate the agreements. Um, but it seems like Parramatta has been, and so it's it's looking. Um, Pretty, uh, pretty ordinary. The uh, CFO Ed Farish urged club officials to self-report the fact that the former New South Wales forwards TPA sponsor Scorecube was a wholly owned subsidiary of Black Citrus, a firm that's provided the club with a range of IT services. Um, and if the Eels had heeded Farish's advice and come clean, there's a chance they could have escaped sanctions altogether. Um, because in a bid to encourage clubs to report dubious practices, the NRL's Code of Conduct has a provision in it that allows for a moratorium to be sought in which officials can make voluntary disclosures without fear of reprisal. However, Parramatta chose not to, and so that means uh, heavy sanctions, including the stripping of competition points and large fines and sacking of staffers, are uh, all on the table. Yeah, it's an interesting position they're in. Um, look, it almost almost mirrors my my opinion of the bunker um, whilst in this instance it, it appears that Parramatta have acted outside both the letter and the spirit of the law yeah. which governs these things um, I really don't believe that the laws that govern these things are right, just, fair or in the best interest of the game or their players the the whole fact that the NRL is so paranoid and and big brothery that it needs to approve every single third party payment. Oh, that's yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's an it's, absolute joke. It's more to the point that the clubs themselves can't negotiate it. So like that, and so it's not like club sponsors and things like that. But it's someone like say say myself as you know Joe private citizen, and um and I've got a business. And I'll say I, I want I, I want to offer a third party sponsorship to a manly player who you got, you know, my favourite player, you know, is like you know, it's like say Brett Stewart or something. I want to fucking you know kick in some you know twenty k third party. You know. Was that a joke? Do so, you use Brett Stewart and kick in the same sentence? I don't understand. Did you see him try and kick on the weekend? Well, it's not it his hilarious. It's not his fucking. It's not his job to kick. So I had to kick in so much. It's his job to fucking be an amazing fullback that he is. Maybe your imaginary company could hire him a kicking coach. That could be your contribution. It's it's not his job to kick. Okay. It's like saying, "Why well, can't fuck?" It's, you know, Lachlan Coot can kick. Matt Moylan can kick. Well, that's their, their fucking destiny to be in the halves, so they need the fucking kick. <laughs> Matt Moylan, if he's going to be a young Darren Lockyer, I mean, he's going to end up in end his career in five eight. So, you know. That that is it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, he's a shit fullback, but he could become a young Darren Lockyer. So, you know, that's that's the trade off you make. You know, you start your career, you come to a fork in the road. Am I going to be a a young Darren Lockyer and kick, I'm, or am I'm I going to sure, become an immortal fullback of the I'm game? Sh- I'm sure that Matt Moylan is honoured that Brett Stewart's trying to be more like him. I don't really think he is. Though. He's got posters of Matt Moylan all over his wall. I seriously doubt it because I don't think yeah. Matt Moylan has had enough game time on a field without getting injured that someone from Getty or someone that's actually in every fucking game could actually snap him in action. I mean, he's played like three, you know what? three games out of possible You could have used that. You could have used that with 
any other player in the NRL except for Brett Stewart. Talking about amount of time spent on the field. I dare say Brett Stewart's played more games than Matthew Moylan, sir. Oh, not per capita. <laughs> per capita of what? Fucking Latvia? What are you no, talking no. about? <laughs> Span of his career, percentages played. Oh, he did definitely would have played more. No. Definitely. No. Matt Moylan's played about fucking he's... three games out of a possible fucking 58. Yeah, I'll bet you has been on the field, but he's been missing most of them. See, that's ridiculous as well. So you puff the magic dragon. You're trying, you're, 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 you're trying, you're trying to trade. See, the thing, this is the thing. When you say, when you say things like that, you've got to make them so there's like some like basic semblance of reality to them. When you're just exaggerating oh, no, like that. No, now that now that Brett Stewart's like, I can talk to... about like a semblance. Like I could say something that's based in fact that like you know Moreland's played like three out of a possible fifty eight since, since he got graded. But like <laughs> that's looks that's a fact. Oh, the fact that's an actual the fact. fact. Is, the fact <laughs> is, Brett Stewart has a Matt Moylan action figure. What? In his bedroom on his shelf, trying to be like him, putting kicks in. Why would someone fucking make a match, uh, Matt Moylan action figure? Where can I buy one of these? Oh, you can't buy it. You're forgetting. You're forgetting that I'm in the business of fucking <laughs> of no, selling collectibles. No, no, I know it. about these things. He made it like a fucking poor kid from the 1800s. <laughs> no, bits of string. Put. He got some Scotch fingers. <laughs> yeah, snapped them in biscuits. half. <laughs> no, see what see what you're mistaking. Blue tacked them on. You're mistaking what you're mistaking for a Matt Moylan action figure was was actually just the fucking some fucking crushed biscuits that fell down by the cushion on the lounge chair. <laughs> <laughs> um, this Parramatta situation I remember at the start of the season they're like oh you know they're going to lose four competition points and yeah. it was like a big rumour and then all yeah. of a sudden it's like no that's not going to happen and the Parramatta fans start you know, puff their chest out yeah fuck you we're going to win the premiership because mm. we're not going to lose four points now everything you see is revolving around like ten points where'd that come from? well they're, they're in a dangerous situation because if, if they thought they'd got themselves out of hot water by saying Radio NRL, there's been some stuff that's gone on. We yep. punted this guy. Yep. He was the cause of it all. Yep. He, he's the Stephen Dank, if you will. Andrew of G. This, of this situation. He's gone. Yeah. Um, now the, and they've gone, okay, and they've probably given him a, a nice hefty brown yep. paper bag payout. Yeah. Here's a confidentiality clause. Yeah. Yeah, the article summed it up beautifully. Yeah. They've said, yep, we're happy to cooperate in any way with the NRL. They've gone, really? <laughs> we want to talk to that guy. <laughs> and now they can't say no. Yeah. Yep. Which is why they've gone, oh, we, we want to be in the room. That's not like it be like, we really want to be in the room. Of the fucking wife and kids. <laughs> Whenever he says something, it's kind of like, happened as Polaroid. Um, Remember Martha? We'll fucking burn yeah. Martha. Look, it, it doesn't it doesn't look good. Um Again, it, it it's the sort of thing that I think people are just... It, it's now background noise. Yeah. You know, if the NRL was going to do something on this, they needed to do it... Oh, no, they still need to wrap it. I mean, they, they need to do their investigation no, 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 wrap it up. They, so. they need to do it decisively. Yeah. Whereas now all they've done is... Send to Perth. Kick him out of the comp. That's pretty decisive. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they, had an, they had an opportunity, if they'd have dealt with this, you know, as soon as they possibly can. Yeah. And you know, there are plenty of organisations out there that perform forensic audits yeah. as as part of their day-to-day operations. Yeah. So it'd be really nice if the NRL said, as soon as we get a sniff that something's not right, yeah. you don't get any warning as yeah. the governing body, this is our right. Yeah. We turn up and say, here's the paper, you're now subject to a forensic audit, here's the money going in, where's it gone, where's the documentation, yeah. comply with the audit, 
or face sanctions. Same, or like, like drug testing. Comply exactly. or face the sanctions as if you were guilty as if of what you were we're guilty. saying that you're guilty yes. of. Remember the Storm thing, though? Like, that was like, that came out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Like, there was no, like, in. There in, was a good three or four hours yeah, but it's where, like, the, where it's, the markets were just going yeah, and people were throwing like that, money it's on It's like them. that day, though. Yeah. And, like, you're, um,. And like there were obviously you know there was they were very successful and everything and whenever there's a team that's successful there's always like you know fan fan driven yeah. allegations of this and you know, how can you afford that but the storm were never really a team that kind of liked it because they only had like you know at most a half a dozen great 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 top 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 players yep. and then Bellamy made it work with you know other sort of mid level guys but um so there wasn't really there wasn't this like this is speculation since the preseason since the nines all season speculation and something may or may not happen at the end of it the storm there was there was nothing and then all of a sudden it's like mayhem in the wooden spoon betting markets and stuff like that and then it's like you know David Gallup's got a press conference at like yeah midday or 1pm or yeah. something like that and, oh, that was yeah, it. It, and that's the first you hear it then he breaks it down and you're like oh, holy fucking shit that's it so, so look in this one uh, again I, I really think the NRL should have powers to get in Yep. Force full and proper audits on these clubs instead of, oh, just tell us what you've done and tell us this and here's your chance to here's the this here's yep. the that. Yep. And then the outcome of the audit is is based on what they find, how cooperative the club was, yep. and you know how many people were complicit. Yeah. If there's one person that's pulled the wool over everybody's eyes, including the people in the club, then you know in that genuine situation. Yep. The punishment may be less than, say, a systematic rorting by the entire board. You feel like the, you you feel like in these situations, though, that there's a certain level of people that need to know that this stuff is going on yeah. for it to actually be able to happen. And that actually, then that probably goes all the way down to the manager of the player. They would have to know. Spot on. They they're in discussions. They they'd know where these guys. I mean, the player they'd be like, okay, cool. What do I got to do? I have got to fucking drive this car around, or you know, whatever. And they you know, they give me kicking in another twenty yeah, grand. Or something. Exactly. Well, they don't give a fuck. Well, here's the thing: if you're a player manager, and all of a sudden somebody associated with the club says to you, "Oh, hey, by the way, um, this guy's going to give you a call about a third party player arrangement." Yeah. First thing should be, whoa, red flag. And you know this? Why? Re- What's your relationship with this guy? Yeah. And then that would come out, and you go, okay, no, I can't do it. But you know. But again, perfect world. We're, we're expecting that that everybody in the NRL is ethical all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, which, which would make it the only. <laughs> at the moment, it's no one any of the time. But, but that's why you need those rules around yeah. policing, and yeah. the NRL should be able to enforce audits to happen very, very quickly. Um, but I stand by my previous view that third-party player agreements, I think, should have no boundaries on them whatsoever. Yep. Let the players earn as much as they can. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, in in the the amount of time that they're they're able to, yep, and it only increases the the spread of, the spread of the game. How how many kids picked up a basketball because they saw Michael Jordan, and they didn't see him televised live in a Chicago Bulls game. They saw him in a Gatorade commercial. Mm-hmm. So what did that do for the NBA? Yeah, plenty. Yep. Um. Okay, mayhem down to Belmore. Canterbury officials have been warned that the behaviour of Josh Reynolds was inappropriate and won't be tolerated again after the 5-8 escaped the judiciary charge for touching Canberra's Aiden Caesar between the legs as he bent down to feed a scrum on Monday night. Bizarrely, it was alleged that such incidents are more common than most realised, but NRL officials did not share the joke and Reynolds seemed to realise he had embarrassed himself in the game when he issued an apology on Tuesday morning. 
the act which was overshadowed by a bottle throwing incident in which a glass wild turkey and coke bottle shattered on the fence near where Raiders Frank Paul Nuasala was warming down drew comparisons with John Hopwadi's infamous finger poking antics. A similar act by Newcastle forward Corbin Sims on Willie Mason also resulted in a warning, and NRL officials phoned the Bulldogs to advise them Reynolds would face action next time. Of more concern is the bottle-throwing incident, which has provided further ammunition for those who believe suburban grounds are passed used by date in the NRL. The clash with the Rays was the third NRL match the Bulldogs have taken to Belmore in the past two seasons, but uh, despite drawing a 13,000-strong cl- crowd, the club makes little money from playing games at their, forward home, their former home ground. There's confusion about whether the person who threw the ball had been identified with Canterbury Chief Executive Raylene Castle telling reporters that fans had pointed him out to security and he was escorted from the ground, but police appealed to the public for assistance. They say that there's no CCTV cameras at Belmore Oval either. <laughs> Fucking <was> stolen. Convenient. <laughs> How convenient is that? But also, did you see the pictures going around on Twitter after the game where it had like, um, I think it was Edric Lee, like looked like he'd gone the fucking hopper on someone, and then they had the, the shot after that where he's like fucking sniffing, going to sniff on the fingers. Did you see that? <laughs> fuck's going on in that game? Look, look I, don't, I don't know about you, the relationship you have with your friends. Yeah. But the last thing I get the urge to do while we're sitting here recording <laughs> is just to go, I'm going to fucking play a chip. While, while Jay's looking at his fucking notes, I was going to fucking sneak down there and just, you know, finger his asshole or, you like, know, grab his nutsack yeah, or something, you know, like. It, yeah. Look, I, I remember, I remember the day that we all sort of, as, as mates, sat around and looked at each other and said, fuck, you know what I'm really glad? I'm really glad that we don't have to cover our nuts when we're in a circle with each other anymore because when you're 13, 14, 15 maybe 16 the sack whacks are just around. trying to fucking punch in the balls not yeah, stop, yeah. The, the, and you know Jackass didn't help that that no. fucking movie came out yeah there's a whole generation of disfigured and handicapped <laughs> children out there because of that fucking movie and the sack whacks their father got <laughs> but you know and look I, I don't want to always sound like I'm I'm all for heavy handed punishments and um, you know, swift and, and you are, pretty, merciful you're, of justice. You're essentially justice. Nasty. Oh, nasty or? <laughs> Nazi. Nazi. <laughs> you're a nasty Nazi. <laughs> nasty Nazi. Um, no, it, but look, what worries me about this is that it's, he's tickled someone on the scrote. Yep. And then gone, oh, don't worry, it's just a joke. And, and that's that's echoed in so many different. Oh, no, no, no! I only patted her on the ass. It was just a joke. Yeah, you know. Oh, they oh. picked her up like a bowling ball. It's just a joke. And it, and it's everything from stuff that happens in the workplace yeah. down to oh yeah, you know we we took his towel in the showers and threw him outside. It was just yep. a joke. Yep, yep. You know that shit hurts people's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you know, look. We're not looking at Reynolds for, for any Nobel Prize laureate winning grey matter. Let's face it, he hasn't, you know, it's... Uh, like his nickname's Grub. Yeah. And remember when they got into the grand final um, in 2014, how they, they had the, all the stories like, oh, that's his nickname, but he's really a fucking amazing guy, I feel. Look at all the stuff he does. Fucking grandmothers, grandmothers love him. And, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, righto. Yeah. It, um, I think it was absolutely stupid. It showed little respect for the game or the audience. Um, I really hope this is the sort of thing that just never happens again and is very, very quickly forgotten. Yeah. My best mate tries to fucking punch me in the balls or fucking, you know, like, I think, fuck. Yeah. You're going to go. 
You gotta go. <laughs> you, these hands are gonna be fucking swinging. Put a kiss. Put your hands on me. <laughs> and you touch touch me, and I'm gonna fucking touch you back. Oh <laughs> man! Yeah, so they're not gonna like it. What would have been really interesting there is if Caesar had turned around and had a short fuse, or yeah. you know, whatever, had touched by an uncle or whatever, yeah. had a short and turned around. And laid him out. Yeah. What happened? With, what happens to him? You know, he goes to the bin for ten minutes. But then, if he says, well, "Well, then he gets suspended for like you know," if he's saying laid him out, like then he gets like twelve weeks suspension as well. Yeah. And yeah. You know, how does the NRL handle that? Yeah. Oh, well, technically, sir, he sexually harassed me on the field. And if you um, do not reinstate me immediately, I will sue you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just again, it the only way to get rid of dickhead behaviour is just to put it out there, quite frankly, the dickhead behaviour won't be tolerated. Yeah. You stamp it out pretty quick. But then you get the people going like, oh, well, you know, that's rugby league. That's, you know, that's what, that's what, that's what players oh, no, do. It's, it's not that's rugby addressing, league. That's addressing romantics that they, they go on with. Okay. And yet, look, every team has one. I'm not saying I fucking played first grade, but I played, played till I was like, you know. Every team 20. has one, and let me put it out there. And there wasn't that much of that going around, let me tell you. Yeah. If, if your team doesn't have one, like yeah. one of, when I'm doing air quotes here, those guys. Yeah. You're probably that guy. And I'm putting it out to you now. If you're listening, the whole team finds you fucking infuriating, <laughs> annoying, and really dread when you walk into training or into a game or into a dressing room anywhere. Stop touching people's genitals. Just fucking stop it. it you know, it, I'm, I'm sorry if that's your thing. If you've spent your whole life to this stage making that your persona... You find something else. Take up knitting. Help a charity. Just stop grabbing people on the arse and balls. This Week in League is brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile's League Live, the ultimate NRL app, putting the NRL at your fingertips. News, scores, TV viewing schedules, match day information, and more. And uh, once again, it's great to see everyone uh, tweeting at Sportsmate on Twitter and letting them know how fantastic the app is. And it seems like, and now it's like, you know, the focus is, now everyone's like, oh yeah, I'll fucking download all our apps. You know, they should make an app for this sport and that sport. And, you know, so it's, it's great to see. And uh, people sending some people going so far. I think it was Mo. He sent he sent a screenshot of his that just had like fucking covered like one of the pages on his on his iPhone. Like an ego just, shot. Just covered in fucking sportsmate <laughs> apps, including League Live. And there was like a there was a shortcut to I think to um, you know outside or something. And then it was just like you know all the different all the different sports vertical apps that these guys do. But um, it's good stuff. Keep getting around them, and uh, yeah, make sure you let them know how uh, how much you love the apps. Um, I'll tell you, it's, it is so good for discovering where you can't get away with watching a game. Like, since I got, uh, I'm with Telstra, so I'll get the, the, you know, the digital thing, yep. um, for free and the data's uncapped and stuff like that, which is great. And so, you know, if, if I'm away from a TV or whatever, then I can just sort of watch the game on the phone or if, you know, in a situation where, you know, people are watching something else, you know, I can watch the game and it's all good. But in situations where you can't be just sitting there watching the game the whole time, it's great to follow the flow of the game look, with that. The, the glorious, glorious victory of the Penrith Panthers on the weekend. Went watching it. Happened to coincide with oh, of course you the wedding. my sister's wedding. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I've sunk to a lot of lows. 
but I, even I'm not low enough to have the game on as my sister is tying the go, Got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and look, when when there were when there were breaks in the speeches. Yep. Um, a quick little score check. Absolute fantastic way. Have a look. What's the score? What's yep. going on? Great. Back in the pocket. Doesn't quite sell the drama that the the real thing did on that occasion for that particular game, though. Obviously, because you know you have to look within. Yeah, you're refreshing every ten seconds to figure out what happened because it was like no chance, and then it was like all oh. all chances. Yeah, <laughs> it was an emotional roller coaster. Yep, and the league live got me there. Grab the app, tweet sports mate. Hit him up on their Facebook page, and search for sports mate in the App Store or Google Play to download the league live app today. Now, first game Thursday night football. Oh, you know what? I'm I'm started like Thursday night football doesn't fit in my fucking lifestyle. I dislike it. I, I like I like the idea in theory, but I'm just finding this year with like so much stuff on. Yeah, it's just fucking hard to get that extra night in. Yeah, the, go, you know, sitting down watching the game. Again, you're right. In theory, the more nights with rugby league on them, yeah, the better. Yeah. On them, the better. Um, and the, honestly, that Thursday night, I I get up, I'd turn the TV off Thursday night, and I'm like, oh fuck, it's not it's not Saturday tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I get a little bit sad, but yeah, fucks um, with you, you got your tips and stuff too. Yeah. You know, but um, uh, the mighty Manly Seagulls twelve defeat the South Sydney Rabbitohs sixteen at Brookie, and uh, <laughs> South Sydney Rabbitohs sixteen. Uh, two tries to Cameron McInnes, uh, Cody Walker with a try, Cody Walker two or three conversions. Seagulls twelve came from tries to Dylan Walker and Appy Corisau, Jamie Lyon two of two conversions. What do you think of this one? Oh, it's fucking great. I tell, I, after all the, the turnarounds and you know the five day turnarounds and everything and you know Cherry Evans out, I was like, there's potential for us to get fucked up, and it wasn't looking good in the first fifteen minutes or whatever. I mean, South were pretty much, you know, you know racing the clock and they just they, they just weren't there. But from that point on, they fucking dominated the game. And honestly, with you know, if Cherry Evans was there, they would have won and they would have won easily because, I mean, for, you know, whatever you want to say about him, one thing he does have, he has a good kicking game and he does have the ability to put up bombs and things like that to Jamie Lyon. That, you know, they've got that, that uh, combination where, you know, he can put it up, you know, to the right side of the post. Jamie Lyon will, you know, jump up, bat mm. it back and, you know, someone will scoop it up and score. Like, and they only needed one of those to drop and they, and they won the game. And I mean... Having said that, though, they weren't without their opportunities. I mean, but just with with DCE there, those dashing tries that were scored through the middle by your impromptu halves would never have been scored because well, of Dylan, DCE's Dylan Walker lack did of it heart. last week as well. Dylan Walker, he's done that two weeks in a row. Yeah, but Appy so, wouldn't have been there. Well, no, no, he wouldn't have been there. But I mean, then again, you wouldn't have <laughs> you wouldn't have had the situations where Appy should have fucking passed the ball or shouldn't have passed the ball. <laughs> Invariably, he was like running wise. And like show and go, great, yeah. amazing. Yeah. But after that point, he whatever the wrong option was between passing and throwing, sorry, passing or holding, he took that one. And and he's passing. How how this guy could actually steal a living as a hooker in a former life? He's he's like a, a bizarro Kenny Rogers, he can't knowing fucking, when to hold him. He can't fucking pass. So so how he, how can you how can you be a hooker? You know, and put that down on your resume as one of your two you know preferred positions. When you just you can't fucking like there's case in point. There was the time there where he made a break from about thirty meters out from his own line down the yeah. right hand side of the field. Fucking no one, one guy to beat, two guys to beat down the right hand side. I think you had the fullback and the winger. He had two guys inside him towards the post. 
<laughs> one player who I forget who it was, probably, you know, five metres to his left, and then Matai was five metres to that guy's left. Simple, there was no other South players anywhere, so, like, whoever was received the ball from the pass was going to go in under yeah. the sticks. And that was the game right there. That was a match-winning play. Yeah. And um, somehow found, found a way not to get caught with the ball, but also to fuck the pass up and, like, turn it into a knock-on or, you know, whatever. The unfortunate so, thing is he, he he's not a bad hooker. Um you know, he's no Peter Wallace, but he's not a bad hooker. But it'd, it'd be a pretty big tell, because it's all muscle memory yeah, yeah. with number nines these yeah. days. It'd be a pretty big tell if every time he needed to pass the ball to somebody, he had to bend down, just touch it to yeah. the ground, and then flick it up to them. He's not fucking Zoolander. He just can't, he can't pass to the left. <laughs> uh, it's terrible. Um, and I mean, and ultimately, that, that, was the, that was the real winning of the game. Um, obviously, the soft tries from McInnes at the start was the, was the losing of the game, but the, the thing that stopped Manly from winning, ultimately, was that South eventually figured out that um, these two and a halves at the moment, they can't fucking pass. <laughs> And Jesus Christ, have they fucking burned us on the fucking show and go. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're just going to assume they can't pass. And so we're going to going assume. To. Yeah, so we're going to assume that every single time from this point on, which is probably like the sixty-minute mark onwards, we're just going to fucking tackle them every time because yep. if they get the pass away, it's probably going to be shit and you know, no no harm done. And if the you know, and if and if we don't tackle them, then they're going to fucking scoot away and score yeah. from this you know ridiculous show and go dummies. So um, look, you know they they certainly did better than uh, Appy did better than I anticipated. Um, he looked re- like he looked really good running and everything like that. But um, oh man, with no with no one with a you know a kicking game or, or a passing, you know it's just yeah. th- that was the fucking killing of the game because I mean all I needed was like. You know, a couple of a couple of kicks into the fucking heavens to come down right on the try line, and Souths were so fucking rattled that they would have got them. You know, a couple of times, yeah. no problem. Yeah, look, but, I think it, it's it's always interesting. You know, you you look at the great sixes and sevens of the past, and there's always some of them that stand out more as a a creative player with a a kicking game versus those who are who are brilliant runners of the ball yeah. and and short passes. And and a lot of the really really good teams have a combination of the two. Yeah. They, have, they have talents that complement each other. Um, Dylan Walker is a running, without a shadow of a doubt. You know, he's never going to be kicking guy, and, and he's never, never going to. Be. And and has probably the ability to to draw defenders and yeah. and get off short passes. He's, he's never going to be throwing three person cutout balls to the wing. No. But the fact the fact that there was nobody in Manly stable. Uh, that they could bring in that had any sort of kicking game, and I know that there's salary cap issues and whatnot, but I I really see these these as an opportunity. Well, let's get one game of first grade under yep. the belt of so, the yeah. next best yeah. positional player that we have. Well, they you know they've got they've got halves. You know they elected not to use them. I I I have a feeling that Trent is probably pretty you know high on on Coruscant. Like I think he probably likes the guy as a player and just thought okay he's the next option to get him in the side. And the fact that he ran so well with the ball means that he's going to be there again. You know, yeah. but they need to. I don't know. Even if they do something positionally where they they switch Jamie Lyon into the halves or something like that, you know, towards the, you know late late in the set and switch Dylan Walker out into the into the centres or something, just so that you know Lyon can get the ball and kick it because he can kick it. Yeah. You know, something something like that would you know maybe be a good option. Um, you know, Tommy Turbo he seems to go all right as well, but out on the wing, you know, he's not getting that involved in terms of you know mm. last tackle kicking options. And positionally, they they were they were okay kicking that way. 
But it was the attacking kicks at the end that you know when they were you know had great field position. Fifth, you know, fifth tackle options yeah. and, and things. Fifth, fifth tackle options under in in extreme you know like red zone sort of attacking I situations. Swear God, I swear to God, I saw Brett Stewart toe punt it on the fifth once. <laughs> it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. It, it? Yeah, I, I have absolutely no recollection. Um, of that. Yeah, it 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 was very bad. It. It's bad when somebody who, as you said before, kicking is not his job, yeah. is saying, fuck this, job, give it yeah. to me. Yeah. It's like, fuck it, I'll get this. Someone's got to yeah. do something. <laughs> um, look, on, on the subject of number ones, you know, South obviously did, did enough to to win the game. And like you said, they, they figured out that there was going to be no passing. Yeah. That, you know, both the halves After went they got to burned the, by two showing yeah. you know, dummy tries, you know, in you know, a 10 minute period or they, whatever. They, they all went to the Peter Hiku School of Rugby League. Um, <laughs> Greg Inglis seemed very, very quiet. I, I don't know if... Yeah, it, he was, was there on count, though, eh? Yeah, but was it his, is it his knee or his hip that he was nursing at the beginning of the year? Was his hip? Yeah, I don't even know what his latest know, one is. He's been under a cloud. It feels like he's been under a cloud for three years. Usually at this stage, Greg Inglis's MO is normally come back from the off-season 30 kilos overweight. Yeah. Still running much faster than, than yeah. someone of his size should, but 30 kilos overweight... Round four to six. Yep. Start to taper it down a bit. Just pull off some absolute bullshit plays. Yep. Uh, and then gradually build up to origin. Yep. He, he's been very quiet this year. I, I don't know if that means he's, he's nursing an injury or or whether he's worried about some some other paternity tests coming. Um, <laughs> but Pregnant you know. with the next... <laughs> the next Greg Hidden. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but... Um, yeah, look, the, some positive signs for Manly. South looked like they could have gone yeah. to into a Newcastle. Yeah, exactly. The uh, fact is, I mean, these the, obviously the team has very, a very good. They're, they're obviously very tight with each yeah. other, and like there's that good sort of camaraderie there, which manifests itself in like you know, clearly like there's a will to win, and you know yeah. when they get their tails up, they're fucking they're, they're great. I mean, as far as like positionally dominating a game and stuff, they're fantastic. Although they just lacked that one, you know, kicking option or creative option on the last tackle yeah, to. I, Convert all that into tries. Look, if DCU was back, you may very well have won this game. I think you need to find more out of Miles and Starling if you're going to oh. beat. Starling wasn't wasn't awful, but Miles is fucking. This is the thing. It depends who you ask. I mean, I saw some people going, "Oh, that's the you know the best game Miles play." He's fucking slow, man, and like he's yeah. Like Brent Brent Kite always had the illusion of slow, and then he would sort of back into a line, but then he'd sort of back through and you know he's still yeah. going 15 now, this minutes is, later have, did you hear Gus's quote on no. on um, how he measures these things no he says everyone measures all their stats and they they do the whole money ball thing of yeah. meters gained and this this yeah. is um, what Gus looks to measure is where you end up after the contact yeah so he can carry guys with you that's it once the initial contact is made yeah did the ball end up Close to your, the, close yeah. to their try line, or closer to our try line. Yeah, and it's people like Brent Kite, and that's probably one of the reasons Gus liked him so much. Yeah. and took him to Penrith was once he hit the line, there was still four meters in him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and whereas, he really didn't look like anything. He didn't look like he was doing anything, but he, he always was. Yeah, yeah. And and that's that's tiring out three defenders. Yeah. In, in trying to drive you back, Miles is hitting the line. He's and like three dropping. the other way. Yeah, yeah he's it's, stopped dead or nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so nothing or like you know, yeah, negative. I, I, yeah, I really think up up against some more quality opposition, the the forwards are going to be a worry for Manly. 
But you know, we had you know Jakey, you know, Jake Turbo was out as well. So we had a couple of guys like uh, you know late with Jaws. I think they can definitely do better with the the pack. But I mean, guys like Starling and Miles are the ones that are really on the on the chopping block because we're getting fucking great stuff out of BJ and and uh, Marty Tapao and guys like guys like that are doing great. So I mean, they're, they're actually you know b- further ahead than where they were last year. But you know, they need to get more out of these other guys that. You know, if they want to stick around, you know, long term in their careers. Mm-hmm. I, a, a statistic that I would love to see is the guy who draws penalties after they do a run, like most consistently. It's not Steve Matai. Fucking Matai. Um, it was about three times at least in that game, and fucking crucial too. It always happens at a crucial time. It's always like twenty meters out from their own line. He'll push the hooker aside, bolt in, scoop up one hand. Just, Run, you know, twenty meters, yeah. get tackled, draws a penalty every time. Like the amount of times that happens. You know happens, what the football gods are going to do to you? What's that? It's going to turn out to be someone like fucking Michael Ennis. <laughs> <laughs> don't ask for shit like I'm try- that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't even think it's, it's possible for someone to without oh, without watching without yeah. being an aficionado and, and did, tracking that. He, I don't know. He if gives thing. away three a game too, though. No, nah, see, that's the thing. That's a misconception. Like. Ten, well, not ten years ago, like you know, five, six years ago, yeah. definitely, absolutely, yeah. All that he, I mean, he was a he was a penalty and suspension machine. Yeah, spot on. But not as but not as bad as he as as he was thought. Like there's a couple of like coat hangers, like he coat hanged Mick Ennis one time and got a couple of weeks. But there's very few th- times times like that. vacation. Yeah, he should have got fucking Dally M for it really. <laughs> but um, because like, he knocked him out cold like, off the ball, there, it was great. Um, but. That's like a, it's just kind of like the you know, like you get the perception. It's like the thing you go, oh, like Matai, he's oh fucking, oh he's always injured. Well, no, he might clutch his shoulder a bit, but the amount of games he misses through injury is fucking minimal, like barely any a season. Like I think he's missed one in the last, you know, fuck knows how long. So it's just it's just all perception and things like that. Like Justin Hodges, from the other hand, <laughs> that fucking guy is suspended far more and injured far more <laughs> than Matai ever was. Um, so yeah, I don't even know how you'd even you know get that statistic together because it's you need this you know there's all that context to it like you know with quick play of the ball you know quick quick scoop from dummy half draws a penalty at the end of it like I just don't think that statistic would exist but I'd love to see um, where are we at angry stink great signs from Appy and Dylan whoever learns to kick first should get the six when DCE returns you know, I just think whoever's fucking going best at the time should get the six when DC returns because he can do the kicking. And, you know, they can... I mean, Dylan Walker, I mean, the way he's, he's scored those tries the last couple of weeks, he's really starting to uh, warm to the task of the whole running thing. So I'm I'm, I'm still not, like, delighted with him being 5'8", because I still think he could be doing that as a centre. Yep. But, um, and, you know, be like, you know, Greg Inglis in origin sort of, you know, situation. But, you know... Who you, you know, who you're going to remove yeah. there. So, you know, swapping with Jamie Lyon or something, you know, that, that, would, that would do me, but, um, yeah, there that's not going to happen. On that note, most penalised player in the NRL is yes. Ryan James. That's uh, That must be only like the last couple of years then because he uh, hasn't been around that long. No, this year. This year, okay. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, fuck, yeah. Yeah. Wow, even, well, okay, I wouldn't have even guessed that this year. Yeah. That's actually surprising. I, Eleven. But, but then you asked me, like, who would it be? And, I and like, I would think I'd say something like Clemmer or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah. But, because, once again... When he does something, it's like a bad thing that the media sees. So you get that impression that oh, exactly. that guy's a serial Whereas killer. Ryan James is probably just holding down in the ruck or, yeah, or like not being a, square at mark. Yeah, or like he's, something a, he's like a Dave Taylor esque, so. just like loose, you know, dude that gets yeah. lazy and things like that. That's it. Yeah. Well, there you fucking go. Yeah. Um, on a daily bailiff, 
Used to be Bay Bay BNC on, on Twitter, but he's, uh, with the depleted roster, all you can ask for is effort, and there was plenty of that tonight, except for the first twenty. Fuck! I wish they could have done that. They, I bet they wish they could have done that first twenty again. I think they were like, they were believing that there was a short turnaround, yeah. and you know it was fucking terrible. And you're like, oh, hang on a minute, I actually feel all right. Twenty minutes in, I think I can go another sixty. <laughs> Let's play some footy. Um, the biggest tiger. The rabbits didn't beat Manly tonight. The clock did. Oh, no, right. The rabbits still fucking scored the points. Yeah, no, the, the, rab- the rabbits were the ones playing. Yeah, I mean, the rabbits were fucking, uh, you know, dominated for 60 minutes of the game, but yeah. I mean, they still did enough in their 20. Uh, Kevin underscore Cook, a 99. As a lifelong Queensland fan, how is Miles still playing NRL? <laughs> Sloth from the Goonies looking motherfucker makes Jack Reed look quick. <laughs> well, to be fair, Jack Jack Reed plays in the back, so he's supposed to be quick. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, he's not good. He's the he's fucking... Uh, Jack, Jack Reed is the world's... Slowest fast man or the world's fastest slow man. Yeah. So you got, we've got Jamie Lyon, yeah. who is the world's thinnest fat, fat man. man. Yes. Yeah. Jack Reed is the world's slowest fast man. Yeah, he just. Uh, it, to be fair, he doesn't run many people down, but there are these times when he sort of scores, like he even shows like footwork and stuff, and you think. How the fuck did that? It's like some sort of future fucking technology where he's just like, <laughs> he's like going through dimensions, and that's yeah. why the players can't catch him. And Friday night football, who else but the Brisbane Broncos, 24, defeat the Gold Coast Titans, 16, down at Hope Solo Coliseum. Crowd of 21,080, they say. That's a fucking high crowd for, like, that... Oh, I mean, I, I've i been there in the first and second seasons of the Titans when people used to go. Yep. And, like, you know, capacity sort of stuff is, you know, high yeah. 20s. Yep. Now, watching that game, there was no fucking way in the world that that thing was oh. was three quarters full. Look, okay, or, or, I, just to play devil's advocate, and let's okay. give him the benefit of the doubt here, All right. the Broncos regularly get um, 30,000 to a game. Yeah. So, if it's an hour down the freeway, like, say what you want about the Broncos themselves, but their fans aren't manly fans, they do travel. To where? I was down to grand final, it wasn't that many. No, no, but the, we're talking about the Gold Coast. It's in yeah, yeah. the same state. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be so so quick I'm just, here. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying. I'm not looking at the number and going, "Oh, surely it couldn't have been that high," you know, for a game like. I'm talking about based on what I fucking saw. Yeah, but uh, what I'm saying, the ground is, wasn't that as full as tw- as like three quarters. Full. You get thirty thousand to a Broncos game every week. That's a full third of them that said, "Can't be fucked this weekend." Then again, what the pro- what what the and, situation probably and three is, Titans fans. What the situation probably is is that more to the point that um, if the Titans crowd is you know if you can actually go you, you go through the whole crowd and count six thousand people and they report it as thirteen, yeah, then this is probably fifteen and they report it as twenty one, <laughs> and then that then that makes more sense because it did. I mean, it, it certainly looked like more. It was absolutely more than the standard Titans Titans crowd that we're subjected to, but um, yeah, yeah I, I hear a lot about. You know, the, the Titans getting up for Big Brother. The Titans getting up for Big Brother. Such a lot of bullshit, that whole... I mean, it's like a manufactured fucking thing that we're... They haven't really... No it's, one's... No one's... Well, it is. It's, it it is, yeah. but it's sort of like when... You know, if if the older brother, yeah. who is gainfully employed, well-educated, has a smoking hot girlfriend, a brand new Beamer in the driveway, comes home for dinner, and... You're the fucking shriveled little like emo, emo brother <laughs> <laughs> sitting there. Um, you know, you hate the big brother. Big brother, you know, does, doesn't hold any animosity towards you. Yeah. Broncos don't give a fuck about the Titans. No. 
done at all. But look, the, you know, one thing that the Titans did do though in that game was get up. Yeah, you know, the, every, everyone's pegged them as as you know lower half of the table for for the season, myself included. But they they really seem to to be full of surprises. The the couple of times they they did have the ball, they they looked to be they looked to be running with strength. Yep. You know, the they they've got a little bit of purpose in them. Um the Broncos, you know, you, you maybe the the Broncos are the Jack Reed of the NRL. They're winning okay. they're winning Explain all the, they're winning all like Jack Reed. Yeah. He'll he'll score a seventy metre try, but it it's like it took him four minutes to run that. <laughs> and the Broncos are winning games and they're still the premiership favourites, but there's they just seem to be doing enough. Yeah. They just seem to be doing enough. And and it's almost leaving me with with NRL blue balls, because I, I know what they're capable of. I'd really like to see them take a team yep. and just stamp their authority on a game. Yeah. And you know, may maybe Unky Wayne's saying that okay, well if we conserve player energy or don't don't show what we're really capable of, you know, yada yada, maybe it's some sort of psychological game, but. Um, I said it last week. There's a psychological advantage that comes with being far above the pack, far yeah. far ahead of the rest, and and I think they're going to miss out on being able to have that if they don't turn it on. Oh, they need to. They'll they'll you know presumably they'll find the gear when they need it. Yep. They haven't they haven't needed it so far really, um, and the times when they you know haven't you know haven't bothered putting in the extras you know they've they got done. Um, didn't actually go through the. Uh, the score is uh, the Broncos 24 came to tries to James Roberts Ben Hunt Jordan Kahu Cody Nikarima Corey Parker one conversion Kahu two from two and a penalty goal and Titans had uh, tries to David Mead and a double to Zeb Taylor and Ash Taylor two of three conversions so the game itself I mean I think we just started talking about the rivalry between the two sides of yeah. non-existence got in there so uh, jump in the game itself then oh, it, the 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 thing was the the Titans were, you know, again full of energy and full of will and full of heart and full yep. of all of those other adjectives that the people put on. X Factor. No. Um, <laughs> ex- executions what let them down and and players that should know better. Yeah. Uh, I I watched this one with my young fella and he's playing under tens this year, and even he can sit there and and talk about well. Well, hang on. Of course, they're going to score if if the Titans keep trying to make hand tackles. Yeah. Um, and and in fairly fairly lazy situations. So, um, the Titans are obviously their their own worst enemy. But Brisbane again were just able to do enough to get them home. They never really looked um, flustered. Yep. Even when the Titans came back at them, yep. other teams in the competition would have crumbled a little bit, but they they handled it well. Um, but like I said before, I, I really would have liked them to have gone on with this and just put them to the sword. Look, I don't think I don't think they had the the ability to do it. I mean, the Titans, this this thing. I mean, like they have been, you know, quite surprising. The most surprising, I don't know, but they've been they've been fairly surprising this season so far. But this is a very similar trajectory to last season as well, though, where they ended up down the yeah. bottom. But they fought they fought really hard. You know, and uh, punched above their weight for a number of weeks at the start of the season, and it's the same sort of thing. So, once again, you know, they—I guess they need to keep the to keep to sustain this kind of energy. They need to actually get wins and not just have valiant defeats. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, eventually, you know, the, the you know the the air goes out of the balloon, and and that's the end of it. Mm. But um. 
James Roberts, how about how do you like him after he scored his try? Mate, I'll tell you what, there's there's a it's been a little while in the NRL since there's just been someone who's whose weapon is just blistering pace. Yeah. And and he's going to be exciting to watch. So uh, the com- the combination with him and Milford's a a very very potent one, and somebody like him needs a decent pack of forwards to to run behind. I I think that if if he's worth two tries every three games to them, yeah, he'll he'll almost be the buy of the season. Yeah, if he has he hasn't been that nearly that so far, but he seems to be slowly starting to to warm into it. Yep. Did you see uh, was it after the game or before the game? Did you see the stuff coming out saying that um. That he was, he, he still would have stayed with the Titans after that contract fiasco shit. If they had paid fifteen grand towards his fifteen legal grand, fees. The, 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 to pay the legal fees of fifteen grand to you know redo the the contract and that. Yeah. And the Titans are like, nah. That you fucking dumb cunt. If that's like, true, seriously. If that's true, <laughs> I really hope that person that made that decision is in the dole queue tomorrow morning. When that club fucking falls into the ocean and, and folds yeah find historians that person. will look back on that as one of a series of very fucking idiotic mistakes yeah it's along the way like unfucking believable for the like, sake and, of 15 grand and you know what that probably goes towards him saying well okay you gave me a chance and goes towards his character yeah you gave me another chance after I was punted out of two clubs yep You've forged my signature on a document. It would have stayed anyway. But I'm still happy to... Yeah. You know, this. You don't blame the guy for leaving. You you no. cannot blame the guy for leaving at all. If that was me and they forged my signature on something... I wouldn't have come down to 15 grand. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, so... Duck. Amazing that he... Fail, <laughs> Titans. Yeah, fail. Mass, massive fail. It's like the anti-revelation of fucking ever. Um... Mad Dog underscore no space. How much of an X Factor was Cody Nicarima last night? Hash, return of the X Factor. So did Cody Nicarima do anything? Clearly addressed to you. No. That question. But what did he do? So he's saying he didn't know the X Factor? But what does he mean by that? Well, he scored a try. He's a fantastic player. Starting to develop good combinations. Oh, okay. Should have put that in his tweet. Would have made sense. <laughs> I didn't write a tweet, though. I yeah. mean, I don't want to put words into Mad Dog's mouth. Uh, at Hammers, that's H4MMERZ, for those who are new. Was it just me, or did David Mead have some real X-Factor in his game? <laughs> you see how this is going right now? I know. This, this is your life, this is what you... Hey, this is this is the chickens. Yeah. They're coming I, home. No, I know, but this, this is what worries me. I miss when the Twill Nation used to get out there and actually, you know, make, make sensible comments about players. What did David Mead do? That never happened. If somebody's out there listening to this show for the first time they're going to think you're all a bunch of fucking troglodytes <laughs> really like um, like old mate fucking Fitbit Milfman <laughs> <laughs> where his fucking name was I forgot already that would be the worst superhero ever <laughs> <laughs> Fitbit Milfman <laughs> today you jerked it 486 <laughs> times <laughs> Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what me did. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I don't want to put words in these guys' mouths. Yeah. I mean, clearly, they thought that there was there was some X factor going on. Um, 
Hammers then followed up with a serious one to say, I can't say I'm too upset with that loss. Premiership favourites pushed to the wire. Titans can only learn and improve. Yeah. And that's exactly it. That's that's the takeaway from the game. That's it. Look, only the best of the best of the best teams are going to beat Brisbane this year. Yep. Like your Seagulls and so forth. Um, uh, Ryan Finance. I thought the Gold Coast played well. Taylor is going to be a great player. Him and LG will have the GC contending in a few years. Look, mm. that's hard to say. I mean, they're obviously very promising ta- pro- players, and Taylor is doing a great job. LG, you know, he was kind of thrown into the deep end a bit, but still did a good job last year. Yep. Um, but I think as far as them contending, they're going to have to spend some of that salary cap. That, you know, they've got leftover spare, and they're going to have to get some good players in, you know, some marquee signings. And it's always a hard thing when you're, a, you know, a bit of a shambles of a club. Yeah. Um, to entice people, and I, I guess it seems like the whole even the Gold Coast location isn't as much of a lure. Like when they first came to the comp, way back yeah. when, like the first iteration of the Gold Coast, that was a big thing. Like there was Sydney, Sydney players that were going up there, you know, fucking retire. That's it. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, but yeah, not so not so much. The attraction's not as great Look, these it, days. But they, they couldn't even keep those players. Like Scotty Prince went up there as his retirement plan. Yeah. And then he had to go to the Broncos. Yeah. So. Well, you know, because, you know, the whole house thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, where are we and here's a, here's a one uh, angry NRL guy any dark skinned Titans player is apparently petty born good to see Rabs is so easily replaced by dumb cunts wow look I've I'm on the record for probably half of the half of the the length of running running of this show is saying like, I think I was saying Rabs should have retired like you know three years oh, ago yeah it- he's getting he, I mean this is his, this is his swan song, and it's unfortunate that the current generation of league fans, uh, league fans, aren't, aren't going to remember him for you know his his yeah. uh, passion and his calls and stuff. I never really rated him, you know, as like you know as an incredible caller, you know, compared to some other guys. But um, the, the, he definitely, I mean, you can't argue that he always had like you know the passion and and he sort of you know definitely brought some excitement to his calls yeah, and stuff definitely, like that. Definitely, definitely. But he's he's fucking hell. Like he's got, he's, he's proverbial. He's gone a year too long. That players don't want to do, you know. Yeah, you, you can't get out there and, and commentate professional sports and make ninety-seven jokes about betting at the Greyhound track that <laughs> week. So, look, I, I personally, I love Rabs. I grew up with Rabs. It's it's fantastic. But um, yeah, he's a little bit past it. Okay, Melbourne Storm 18, defeat the Newcastle Knights 14 down at Amy, crowd of just over 11,000. And uh, the Storm's 18 came from double to Cooper Cronk and uh, Richard Kenner, with two of three conversions to Cam Smith, uh, penalty goal to Cam Smith. The Knights 14 came from uh, tries to Safidi and Corbin Sims, Trent Hodgkinson, two of two conversions and a penalty goal. Mm. I'm, I'm really not sure what to make of the Storm in this game. You know they're, they're at home and they're, they're pretty fucking off. Yeah, I, they were, I feel like they were off though. Like, well, I mean, it was apparent they were, they were very, very off their game. They were, as opposed to Newcastle Knights coming down there and fucking bringing it. I mean, the Knights weren't as hopeless as they as they have been. Don't get me wrong, but there was a definite gulf between the Melbourne Storm of two weeks ago and and earlier and last week. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's it's interesting. Um, it. There's been a couple of games like it over the last couple of weeks where you you think that one team should easily beat another team. Yeah. And the the lower ranked of the two seems to drag the first one down to their level. Yeah. And, and it just gets really, really scrappy Even and messy. The the team the team that you've tipped and, and probably should have won 
has has come out here, but Melbourne's last three tries should never have been scored, and they were just due to, to some fairly ordinary night's defence. The you know for for Storm fans, if if you had to pick a time of the year to be a little bit down on form and go through a little bit of a slump, this would probably be it. Yep. Um, you know, you definitely don't want to be going through these patches post Origin. Yep. As far as the Knights go, they they get one of the Sims brothers back. Which one's suspended? Um, the one that's not um, Corbin. Tarek. Yep. Okay. Um, well, it's not Corbin, the one that didn't drop the Broncos' final <laughs> aspirations in 2008. <laughs> yeah, and and who who in all reports in the papers is is full of controlled aggression and ready to get out there and yeah. this. I'm I'm not sure there's ever really been been one forward that's turned a team into a premiership contender. Yeah. But uh, I worry a little bit for Newcastle that that Nathan Brown is too much of a a leader and an inspirer. Yeah. Uh, you know, look, he, he's won grand finals in in the Super League and yep. And he's had success elsewhere. But I, I really think at the moment the Knights need a smarter tactical. You know who they need, and like I fuck, I I, I hate to fucking say it, but they need like Brian Smith, they, a dude they, that can yeah. go in there. And rebuild a gutted club and put some structure in there. And he always... He's a guy that stays on too long. He should never be the coach that tries to get him to the grand final. Yeah. He should be the guy that takes him off the bottom and gets him contending for the finals. Yeah, that's it. And because usually he tends to stay too long and, and have all this negative vibe to what he's done. Yep. You know, by the time he ends up leaving, he usually gets fucked off halfway through a season or something. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, it's all, it's all bad blood and stuff. But, I mean, that guy, he can rebuild loose organisations pretty, pretty well. And, and can can enforce the basics of the game. Yep. I was going to say that the, at the moment, um, Jeff Tuvey, I think, would be the best option for that club. Yeah. You know, I, don't for, think he'd be, I don't think he'd be... I don't think he'll coach again, but um, you never know. Yeah. That's possible. But I mean, like Nathan Brown, it's, it's kind of early too, and he's been forced to bring a lot of youngsters in, you know, probably before the time that he would, you know, be comfortable doing it. Yep. So, you know, maybe these guys will come along and, you know, not be destroyed. That's the thing. But, he, yeah. He's early on his coaching journey as well, yeah. relatively speaking. Yep. And, and coaching a, an inexperienced side, it's like in any workplace. You, you go in and, and take over a team of people that, that are really all new to their role, and it's yep. a completely different environment from taking over a tenured team of people. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not quite sure Nathan Brown's a man for for that job long term. I tell you, I tell you though, like we talk about, you know, coaches that have you know positive influences on clubs and so forth. What about how the state that a club is left in when a coach leaves? Wayne Bennett, is fucking cunt, he he scorches the earth behind him. Oh, he's Broncos, sort of Broncos, Broncos, fucking, he salted Brisbane yeah. on the way out the door. Went down to the Dragons, got him up for a, you know a minor premiership and then a yeah. comp, and then fuck, walked out of those. And they instantly, they were instantly terrible. Yep. The Knights never really got started. He spent all his money, did all the stuff, you know, got, got fat on fucking tinkers, tinkers, tinkers millions and everything, and uh, fuck, yeah. and like they're like. Like look, look, they weren't they weren't the Broncos when he got there. They no. weren't great. No. But they were a well funded organization, you know, with the ability to do stuff. Yep. And wow, and not only didn't he do anything when he was there, he's walked out and left them far worse than they 
yeah. than they were when he yeah. got there, which wasn't in a great place anyway. Second uh, only to Matt Elliott. Yeah, I mean, Matt Elliott, he's... But see, I, I feel like it's kind of like the club's instantly improved when, he, when he's gone. There's an instant uptick. Like, Wayne, Wayne yeah. Bennett walks out... And the place, it's like a fucking action movie. It's just in slow motion, like a fucking looking, looking like a yeah, like like Clint Eastwood, slow walking, slow walking away as things just going. And you see like oh, oil, you wow. see like petrol, you know, oil drums going like shooting up in the air and just on, stuff on fire and fucking the rafters are falling in, you know, and yeah, children inside getting crushed and burned no, alive. Wayne, Wayne is definitely um, the angel of death. Yeah, and you see, you know, like, so when Matt Elliott walks out, it's just like all fireworks, and everyone's like, fucking, you see, like, party poppers going off. No, nah, when, when Matt Elliott leaves, yeah. the fucking pot and magic mushroom smoke <laughs> hangs around for a little while after he's gone, so it takes a while to settle and for people to come <laughs> down from it and realise what he's done. Yeah. Crystals. Um, yeah. I didn't get many tweets for this game, so lucky we had a bit to say. Uh, Billy Boy 887 he sent us a few tweets, but... Uh, this one was the most uh, yeah, sensible wrap-up of it. I'm not totally disgusted by the Knights this week, even with the complete capitulation at the end. Progress? Question mark? I think it's it progress. I mean, the Storm were certainly under what they should be, but, you know, stacked in their favour was their home game and yeah. the rest of it, so... Yeah, there, there were some okay signs for, for Newcastle. There's a couple of things Newcastle have, like, you know, Akili Uarte looks... <sighs> Seven or eight kilos overweight at the moment. He looks like he's played seven or eight seasons too long. Um, but fuck, can jump. Yes, yeah, still. I mean, he's, he's, there, there isn't there isn't much left. He's the he's the, he's the ghost of. Oh Kili yeah, Uate. he is. I mean, we call him the Uate Pate, but now he's basically like the fucking harsh light of day and just empties everywhere <laughs> and fucking just like you know like you know the, the, yeah pissed all over the floor <laughs> like the, the, the bathroom floor is just covered in piss he's, people drunk drunk he's, that, missing, guy, he's that guy when you get up the next morning hung over yeah who's still in your lounge room looking through your records yeah and he just doesn't get the he doesn't get the fucking he, he doesn't he's, he's have still, the hint to leave you're still there mate you <laughs> <laughs> he asks you for a lift home yeah <laughs> um yeah um yeah and and if, if Newcastle can build around that there's been a tax a tax built on less but mm-hmm. um, there's a long way to go out there yep Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 34 defeated the West Tigers 26 at Camelstown Stadium just under 13,000 the uh, Sharkies 34 came from tries to Luke Lewis Maloney Fecky Gallon Barber Maloney 5 of 6 conversions 2 of 3 penalty goals the Tigers 26 came from tries to Nofaluma Moses a double to Teddy Chris Lawrence also a try and uh, Moses 3 of 5 conversions yeah look at the first thing I want to talk about in this game is I have to question that concussion test. With Teddy coming and, back? And the ruling that goes on there. Like, he was hit in the face with Luke Lewis's knee yeah. going full pelt. Like, Luke Lewis was Maybe he studied the test. Maybe he studied for the concussion test. Now, that that was going to be my next point. Got 55. That if there's any... 55% passed. <laughs> got back on the field. <laughs> 55. Got a C plus. If there's any medical people in the Twill Nation yeah. that have any actual idea of how these concussion tests are, administered are carried and, yeah. out or administered or what it takes to be allowed to go back on. Let's know. I would love to know because I guarantee you if there is a way to jag these tests, then... They're done by... They're done. They're not done by the team doctor, though, are they? Or? I, I don't know. It seems like too much of a conflict of interest that they've it, done it by the team doctor. Um, 
Although there would be, you know, the, Look, let's the, be an frank. obligation. Let's be frank. The, the whole concussion rule thing has yeah. been put in to cover clubs' asses so players can't come back and litigate. Yeah. So the club, no one can say that the club failed their duty of care. Yeah. Around the players, the clubs. Although you watch, you watch in twenty years when it starts happening, you 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 watch the successful lawsuits. Same as when you yeah. park, same as when you park in a garage and they got a thing that says, you know, by parking here, you know, you wave in any, any yeah. yeah, yeah, bullshit. You see, let's test that in court. Exactly. You fucking fold, mate. Um, <laughs> but the the thing is, with someone like Tedesco, yeah, and and what he did after he came back out is testament to it. Yeah, he he is the linchpin in the West Tigers attack, but. If there is any way at all that he can be schooled on what sort of responses to give yep. to be allowed to go back on, then I categorically say, and it's not not, not a slight against the West Tigers, I guarantee you other clubs are doing it as well, yep. uh, but it was just really apparent there today when, when he's copped a knee in the face at full flight. Yep. Stayed down for a decent amount yeah. of like was knocked to to the point the where Tigers fans were pretty much booking holidays for September. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it, he he was annihilated. Yeah, goes off fifteen minutes later. Yeah, back in the park. So, um, yeah, is it really working? Who knows? It's it's probably a bit of a worry though for the Tigers that every single week. Look, it's it's an incline. Which is a different thing for the Tigers. And they were all, they were all right without him as well. But it's funny they didn't capitulate completely. They didn't. No, they didn't capitulate. But they they never looked anywhere near as dangerous as they no. did with him on the field. No, but ultimately the game was and lost when he was on the field though too. You know, so like not his fault at all. I'm not saying. Oh that, no. But, um, <laughs> well, yeah. Put it this way, he, he solo stopped. It, I think at least two tries himself yeah. as well. So, yeah. Um, I, the beginning of the season, the Tigers had a lot of variety in attack. You know, they had they had four or five genuine options on each side of the field to go to on attacking runs. Oh, they had like you know Tedesco breaks from like inside in the yeah. inside his own territory, or you know kicks to Tedesco That's or pass to Tedesco. They had all sorts of fucking attacking options. Oh, no, that, look, the, the first couple of weeks, um, the Guam was on fire, and um, what's his name Rankin was was running around as well. But it's it seems that every week they're more and more going to. Throw it to Teddy and let him do it. Jared Haney or Parramatta Styles. Exactly. Oh, so semi redradra Parramatta Styles. Really. <laughs> yeah. So it. The, the thing is though that in in this day and age, coaches figure that out pretty quickly. Yeah. And, and they'll find out ways. Look, you're never going to be able to shut down a player of James Tedesco's capacity altogether. Um, but every year it happens. Some some player has a breakout, and then all of a sudden coaches learn how to how to shut them down. Yeah. So I I really think that the West Tigers need to go back to what they were doing that was working for them earlier in the year, yeah. which was having more players around him in in genuine attacking positions, looking to take the ball on, not just being obvious decoys for Tedesco. So yeah. as far as the Sharks go, I thought they. They played fairly well and, and a lot better than they did. They did well to bounce back too. I mean, they were fucked at one stage, you know, in this yeah. game. Like it looked like here we go, West Tigers going on with it. Yep, yep. And and a mental a mental toughness is probably something that the Sharks have never really been known for. Yep. Everyone wants to to call them gritty or, or resilient or whatnot. I I don't think they they've ever been that that mentally tough, mentally thick. Maybe. Um, one player I'd really like to call out though is Wade Graham. Yeah, 
I have never ever been a fan of Wade Graham. Really? Ever since his days at Penrith. Yeah. I think he's been a truckload of talk and has done very little on the field to actually back it up in terms of winning games. There's been yeah. a couple of moments where he's done some some great things. Um, but I think this year in the Sharks with with the Maloneys and the Birds and, and these other people having the focus on them, plus the fact that he's probably matured a little bit as a human being, Yep. Uh, he's he's playing the best football I've seen of his career. And while I don't want to go all the way to saying stick an origin jumper on him, I think he's definitely well on the way he's, to that that level of play. Yeah, he's he's a tough kind of. You know, I don't think he'd be out of place. I'm talking about Paul Gallen. This people want to complain about the bunker, but when you get situations like the Tigers try that they scored to go ahead, you know, the three-quarter mark of the, of, of the game, where Paul Gallon, where the decoy runner ran through and he sort of slowed down, the ball proceeded far to the left of the play at that point, and Gallon purposely positioned himself. He sort of jogged up, pushed off the, the, the decoy runner, and immediately started putting his hand up, going, sir, 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 I got obstructed. And then, you know, down the track, you know, Tedesco comes back inside or whatever and, and, yeah. and scores a try. And then that, they gave, thankfully, they gave that try. And now people are going to say that that is the most non obstruction, the most milked fucking give me an obstruction penalty maneuver yep. I've ever seen in my life. Yep. And I think A. Gallon is an absolute arch fuckhead for even trying it on in the first yeah. place. Like, because the play. He had so much opportunity to get over there. It was like, it wasn't like, oh, fuck, the guy's beating me and I've got to fucking put my hand up and try and get his obstruction to pull the try back. It was before, there was no one beaten. Yeah. The play was just happening over there and he's immediately like, sir, obstru- obstruction already. Like, Tedesco hadn't even thought about fucking going in and cutting back that it's, way. Yeah, it's, it's like, soccer level. Oh, it was soccer level one milking. of the worst attempted milk. I'm glad that they didn't fall for it. Yeah. And anyone who's saying that, you know, he wanted to hold that up as, as, a, as a failing of the bunker... You're fucking dreaming. I mean, yeah, it was. Nah. Ob- I mean, like you can't judge intent all the time when a pl- what a player is doing. That's it. You can't judge intent, but that one, oh my god, you could judge intent perfectly because he was fucking. He's put his hand up like a kid that was trying to dob on someone yeah, at school. Exactly. Oh, Spot on. Oh, just Spot on. And then you know he he makes a you know he made a cunt of himself there and then redeems himself almost instantly by scoring like on pretty much the next set. The Sharks had I'll tell you what, off, a fucking, off, off the standard gallon inside the 20 crash ball and it fucking worked for the first time in God knows how long. <laughs> Makes a cunt of me. The best thing though, the best thing though is yeah. that now there is no chance that anybody will be subjected to his little fucking shrunken peptide irradiated California raisin sack <laughs> at the Sharks Mad Monday. <laughs> The, the, watching this game, look, I I love good defensive teams. Yeah. Um, and that's why I love watching James Tedesco play at the moment. As good as he is with the ball in his hand, yeah. as a defensive fullback, he's he's just sensational to watch. And and in all in all that I've, I've seen him do, look, he's not going to make the right decision or the best decision every time. But when he makes a decision, he backs it 100%. Yeah. And there's one thing you can't have as a fullback is indecisiveness. Yeah. Um, on the opposite note, the the Cronulla back line, I would almost go as far to say, have a better all-round skill set. 
than any other back line in the competition. When when you're talking about a combination what? of... No, 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 just hear me out here. An all-round skill set. I'm not saying they're the best back line in the competition. Right. But if you look at two wingers, two centres, and a fullback that have... That, yes, yes, that is the composition of a that back have line have <laughs> rugby league. A decent, a decent mix of speed, size and strength, and the ability to put in accurate and well-placed kicks close to full speed. I don't think there's too many back lines that cover off that skill set across all players more than the Cronulla Sharks. Other, other teams may have players who are, who are quicker, who are stronger, um, or who, who kick better. You know, Lachlan Coote's probably the best example of a kicking fullback in the game that we have at the moment. Uh, but across all five in their back line, they all have a good all-round mix of those abilities. Hmm. Interesting. I'm sure people have opinions about that. Hmm. Anything else? No. That's it for me. Queenslander 22. Don't know whether I'm getting soft as I get older, but I'm starting to like Ennis. On early onset signs of dementia, son, get self checked. <laughs> Ma underscore Aaron. <laughs> Gary Gallon's young bloke has turned into such a whinger. Suddenly, that dad who let his son hand him the card isn't looking so bad. <laughs> Mitch Door 13. Warm up your dicks, boys. I'm passing around the bag. <laughs> and then uh, one eyed tiger underscore came out. I said, uh, at least the bag of dicks will be adequately seasoned with my salty tears. <laughs> well played, sharks, you cunts. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> and uh, Ma, I just call Aaron again. Aaron said, uh, today at Campbelltown, it's Jurassic Park Day. You can see a bunch of dinosaurs on the hill trying to bring back the magpies. And uh, yeah, anyone who was there, yeah, please do report on the on, on the old Bring Back West faction. And, uh, and let me know if that's actually if, uh, yeah, how they went in that game. I haven't heard anything else about it. Uh, North Queensland Cowboys, 36, defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons, 0, up at 1,300 teeth in front of a crowd of just under 17,500. Cowboys, 36, had tries to Gavin Cooper, a double to Felt. Scott Bolton, Javid Bowen, Justin O'Neill, all with tries. Thurston, 6 of 6 conversions, defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Fuck all. Revenge of Jay. As the, as the urban samurai fails to deliver it all. <laughs> Hurry, curry, motherfucker. <laughs> Um. Yeah, the the Cowboys were were just you know in tune tonight. They still had a, a few little patches of the dropsies that they've had in the last couple of weeks. They were, they were by no means perfect, but they did show me one thing that I do love to see in a rugby league team, and that's adaptability. Yeah. The the fact that they have enough calm heads out there to be saying, well, okay, shit, we're making silly mistakes again let's just pull back the expansiveness of our attack and keep things very, very simple for a little while. Um, you know, I think two out of their first three tries were scored just from Paul Gallon specials. Yep. Just from very simple barge-overs from a forward moving at pace very, very close to the line. And then once they were ahead, once they were a decent amount ahead, then start to throw the ball around a little bit. And, and every time they made those silly errors, the next couple of sets, they'd really pull things back to just some simple confined rugby league yep um the the fact that Lachlan Coote really looks no closer to to being re-signed and he may be and I may have missed it in the news yeah um is a is a real shame because he's obviously a very important part of their attack and he's he's looked like he's really found his place there 
because um, this is this is only his second full season. Yeah. With the Cowboys, yeah. you know, first full season with them, he wins a premiership. Yeah. So he's only going to get better in his combination. Um, and uh, with the rest of them, but yeah. Oh, the Dragons. Wow. Not much to be said. They, uh, well, you know, their their trajectory at the moment is is worse than the Knights. Knights have had some fucking awful games, but they, it feels like progress is being slowly yeah. but surely made. Yeah. Whereas the the Dragons, they feel like they're regressing. Look, it's here's the thing: the the Queensland uh, North Queensland Cowboys have a a very good forward pack. They've got representative props. Yep. Uh, and and their backline are are a thinking backline, you know they're not yeah. just run crash, yeah. try stupid offloads. They're a thinking backline. The dragons were never even in the competition on this one. Like if you look at their stats, yeah, the only dragons players who ran for over a hundred meters were all backs. Yeah, there was not one forward amongst them. Yeah, and you know one of those people cheated because it was Nightingale and he took that yeah. quick tap and scored yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> sixty meters. Yeah, in, you know, in in one play, um, they were just never in the contest. No, you know the the fact that they were so far behind led them to push passes that that probably shouldn't have been pushed, and and as a result, drop all themselves close to scoring, and and just never really looked like they were able to gain any traction in the game. Yep, uh, not a lot of tweets from this one, but uh, our mate Giannis Mateus. I now know what it feels like to be a pretty girl working on the set of Hey Dad. We got fucked so many times. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that one. That's, uh, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Is, one. Never have we had someone burst onto the scene who has the potential to win like fan, you know, Gronk, <laughs> like rookie. Like I mean, you could, could clean I'll tell you up. what, though, to his credit, yeah, he's fucking gracious in defeat. Oh, very much so. Pretty much so. Certainly far more than I ever could muster. Yeah. Um, Sexy underscore Bethany, 97. Dragons are 0-3 without Macron and and 2-2 with him. Macron is therefore our Lord and Saviour. Hash Benchy Marshall. (laughs) Hash Save Our Saints. (laughs) New Zealand Warriors, 32, defeated Sydney Roosters, 28, at uh, Central Coast Stadium. Just over 10,000. Uh, the Warriors, 32, tries to the Beast, Manu Vatavai. A double to Johnson, a double to Cutter, and a try to Roger Tuvasashek. A crucial one, indeed. And uh, the Roosters, 28... Oh, sorry, Sean Johnson, three or four conversions and a penalty goal. The Roosters, 28, came from a double to Sean Kenny Dow. Um, Takiaho and Orbison also with tries. Hastings, four of four conversions and two penalty goals. I'll tell you, did you see that ground? Yes. That ground looked fucking spectacular. You like it? What do you like? like, you the, like the, the palm trees and... Oh, and I'm, I'm talking about the, the actual quality of the playing surface yeah. itself. Well, yeah, it gets played on like four times a year. Yeah, yeah but... <laughs> God, that, that, and, and then you had that view. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at that in there with the, with the, the palm trees and stuff. I mean, yeah. It's quite nice. I mean, it's the central coast, so... Absolutely you know, fantastic. At the base of those palm trees... Whereabouts was it? The, like, we're on the central coast. It's... Uh, Gosford? Yeah, uh, okay. I mean, at the base of those palm trees is basically fucking cracked vials of meth. (laughs) (laughs) It's all show. (laughs) Nature's popping candy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, look, the 
the Warriors the are, are the sort of team that if they're if they're offered up in front of them a, a static defensive line that isn't moving or yep. or advancing forward on them, they're going to take full advantage of that, and that's what the Roosters gave them. the The biggest thing I see in the Roosters at the moment is they're equal parts people out there trying their bollocks off. Yeah. You know, you've got your SKDs, even Mitch fucking Orbison is out there. Yeah. Like busting his guts. That new fullback, that Latrell kid they've got out there. Um yeah, he's nineteen years old. Yeah. And he's putting effort in every single play. Every single time he's near the ball. It's not always coming off and he's he's making some errors, but he's nineteen years old. Yeah. You for every but one he is, of those he is the uh, next Gregging or so. Oh there you go. Um Maybe he doesn't have a girlfriend. I hope he's got keeps tabs on all his kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, may, maybe he's the next real English because there's some uh, some genetic <laughs> thing. Um, but for every player the Roosters have that that's really trying to lift him out of this slump, there's there's one player or two players who are just in a completely fucked headspace yep. and are making losing a self fulfilling prophecy. You know, of and course we're talking about Ferguson. Well, mate, I saw two tries, at least, at least two tries, one of them being Sean Johnson's first, where Sean Johnson ran through a gap and Blake Ferguson should have been covering that gap and was standing still. Like, not even like Sean Johnson's even really changed direction or beaten him with a step and he, you know, stuck an arm out. He was standing still. Um... If I was his coach and I saw that on the field, I'd fucking demote him to. I don't know what's what's lower than Orange Boy. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I'd I'd have him out of there so mopper. quick. I'd have him out of there so quick. And it's one thing you can you can give credit to coaches like Wayne Bennett on. There is not one player on their team who is safe any game. Yeah. You you can be an absolute star. Um, but if you're not displaying the right attitude, you're at the bottom of the greasy pole. Yep. So the the Roosters, the the players they did have that that were putting in the effort, got them to within a a respectable respectable margin. Um, but the for all of their attacking brilliance, the Warriors had a little bit of vulnerability up the middle of the field as well. Like I said before, players like Mitch Orbison took full yep. advantage of that. It's you know, it, it it wasn't the the most fantastic game of rugby league, but I actually enjoyed <laughs> enjoyed watching it. And oh, it was an entertaining game. Don't no no two ways about it. And it was great to see uh, two of us, Sheck, finally you know come back, you know, come back in, in you know against yeah. his old side. But I mean, although you know, he scored the try and he had that fucking amazing amazing fend on uh, on two dads. Unfortunate for two dads because I mean that guy has been great for the Roosters this year. I mean, he's having a career year. He's, he's probably a, been best a, on field yeah, in each of their games. In a, side that is, in a side that is just, you know, absolutely just not getting the wins yep. for him. But um, Lola Haya with the fucking break and I thought he could go all the way himself and then he you know, got the pass and I mean, it, was very, it was all too easy it was all too easy for Roger in the end I mean he only had to run 20 metres but put and off a fucking big fend to get that, you know, over that last glory. five. Yeah. But man, just that, that break from what that was like, you know, yeah, you know, thirty meters out. I think mean, it was a fucking good break, and it looked like for a while there he might have done it himself. But um, just 
talk about clutch, and isn't it great to see a, a golden point game decided by a try, a try instead of yeah? Know, look, a I've got a record of saying I don't mind um, field goal shootouts, and yeah. I don't. Yeah, and I don't either. Um, and this I, one, this one still had you know they there was still you know they had an attempt each. Yep. That uh, that failed to come off. Yep. But uh, it's just great to see it decided with a try, and not only that, like a. You know, like a most of the yeah, most of the length of the field, you know, like a warrior long, style long range, yeah, yeah, you know, great yeah. skills. Um, yeah, it's great to see. Uh, highway underscore. Since earning the title of reformed bad boy, Ferguson appears to have forgotten what a line looks like. <laughs> uh, D Matea, if I ever meet Ashford's dad, I'm going to choke him out for not pulling out. Hash aim for the face. Hash put it on her tits. That was one of about four tweets about Ashford. That was the one I picked. <laughs> there that was, was the a, least offensive. There was a sequence of four of them, all just hating on Ashford. Um, his hairstyle, like it just, it just systematically just hitting him in you know, various categories. Hang on, doesn't he have like a buzz cut at the moment? Yeah, I, I believe there was a tweet about you know Stevie Wonder being his hairdresser. You know, that's, that's that like thrust. the most nondescript. No, I should know. I hate on enough fucking hairstyles. <laughs> you you are the resident fucking. <laughs> you're the resident hairstyle king. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, the biggest tiger. I loved the Roosters Warriors game. Roosters are the real deal. Lost five in a row. <laughs> Ash real decline. <laughs> and he's got like Roosters like with the, instead of the S at the end the five in the decline. Um, so yeah, that's just that's just deflection, son. Deflection. Um, Aussie Jag. Can anyone please explain how Blake Ashford still gets to start in front of Conrad Harrell? The guy is fucking useless. Look. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean. Connie's fucked someone's daughter. Yeah. Just taking him for a drive. It was more noticeable last week, like when, Con- when, when Connie came on. And like first thing he did, first touch of the ball, he made a massive break. Yeah. And then the second touch of the ball. Sorry, it wasn't the second touch of the ball, but then they spun it out to his side. And just his presence there. Put defenders enough of two minds to you know, and they yep. cut him out to make yeah. you know to score the try, and that was the you know the beginning of the Warriors getting back up you know in that game. Um, but yet they'll keep Manu out on the other wing, yeah, who has to be the luckiest professional sportsman in any sport in the history of the world. Oh, I, I don't know. Really, Blake Ashford's the answer to that question because I mean, like Manu's done some shit. Like you know, he's he's done amazing feats of try scoring, and you know, he's oh. and he's had some monumental fuck ups too. I mean, yeah, that, that's why he's dropped that's some it. diamonds. But um, yeah, yeah, no, I think I think he's got enough good that he he's different. But how long how long has he been playing on the wing for? In oh. any other club, he would have been moved into the second row. Yeah, but he can still fucking go though. Yeah. He's not Jack Reed or anything. No, he's not. I, I, he's I'm still saying. fast, and not only that, the reason why he's out in the wing is because the Warriors can just go like, you know, just hit the centre third, hit the centre third, hit the centre third, <laughs> spin it out, and put him one on one. And they put him one on one with a winger. He's going to fucking win nine times out of ten. Uh, yeah, he's going to win ninety five times out of one hundred. I'd, I'd love to and see just trample him and score a try. It's just free, free four points. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see Manu playing in the second row. I really would. Yeah, don't. I? I'm I'm not sure that his pros outweigh his cons out there anymore. Oh, I think they still do. Mm-hmm. They still do, especially when they yeah when they uh you know put him one on one with his opposite guy. He's, and there's very few people that can stop him from like that kind of you know getting one on one ten meters out. He'll usually find a way to score from there. Yeah, and so it's an easy puzzle for the Warriors to solve because I mean it's, oh, it's easy yeah, strip he, numbers and you know in he he's he's not a Willie Army or anything out there, but <laughs> still I. Uh, I, uh, I I don't think that he uh, 
he's given him his best service see, out there. See, problem problem is it's not his physical, you know, ability and everything that's out. It's 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 mentally in defence. Sometimes he's just not there, and it, you know, it usually happens on a game by game basis. It'll be great in defence one game, yep, and then it'll be a game where he's just yeah. got nothing. And uh, but usually the game where he's got nothing, it's also attacked too. Like you drop the ball, you know, he's, that, thirty-seven he's times in his own end. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, where are we? Ryan Finance, um, could SKD's form be the revelation of the year? No, it could not. Frankly, no. I don't think a player who's been well, well and truly established. I mean, like, yeah, you know, if he wins a Dally M, <sighs> tough to win out there. Yeah, you know, you look at the history of the history of Dally M winners. Usually, got to create it, not finish it. Yeah, you know. Um, Panthers twenty defeated Parramatta Eels eighteen at the Pillow Fortress. Bitches, fifteen and a half thousand in attendance. The twenty points to the Panthers came from a double to Cartwright. Peter Wallace and Josh Mansour with tries two or four conversions for Jamie Soward. Eels eighteen tries to Gordon Paolo and De Goyce. Gordon two or three conversions and a penalty goal. Mm. Go. Look the the fact that we we matched Parramatta well. Well, up the middle for most of this game yep. was was something I was very, very, very happy with. Uh, I mentioned it before uh, the, about a couple of games this this week where teams sort of sort of drew each other to a common denominator, and and whereas this game, I really think if Parramatta just continued to belt us and belt us and belt us and belt us, they would have eventually worn us down enough. Yep. You know, um, almost like you look at the Dragons last week. We showed that when we're sapped of enough energy, yeah, we're we're fairly fairly impotent in yeah. attack. Um, but but this game, uh, you know, you you think the the Roosters and and Warriors was entertaining. This this was just one raid after another, yeah. back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, Bunker did a good job on um, on the first couple of tries being disallowed both ways. Yep. Although blind fucking Freddie could have seen that Bryce Cartwright was offside. Um, <laughs> why, why that went to the bunker, I don't know, but the bunker made the right call there. Um, he was basically in the stands. Uh, but I I like the fact that the Penrith are playing this year with that mentality of, okay, well, no matter if we're behind, we're not out of it. Yeah. No matter if we're behind, we're not out of it. I'd I'd really prefer for my own you know, health and heart palpitations that they back their defence a little bit more and don't actually let themselves get that far behind, yep. don't put themselves in that position. Um, still giving away far too many silly penalties. Um, but the the belief that's there to win a game and the belief that's needed to win a game when you're two tries down with, what was it, four minutes to go? Yeah. Is absolutely sensational. And that, I think, comes down a lot to Jamie Soward being more on his game this year. Yep. Full credit to him. I don't know whether the rest of the Twill Nation got out there and, and read it or heard about it, but he, he put out a, a fairly heartfelt release at the beginning of this year. Yep. Talking about some problems that he had in his personal life and a, a divorce that he went through and, and basically apologised for not not giving his role... The, the respect it deserved. Sure. So he's he's pretty much back on song. And my dear friend and long-time ally, Peter Wallace. <laughs> yes. I was wondering if you are going to bring this up. Um, look, he's... I'll tell you, compared to a couple of other number nines I saw over the weekend, he's not the worst option in the league at the moment. Yep. And he's getting better every week. 
And all you can ask of somebody who's in unfamiliar territory is that they look at what they do and improve on it the following week. Yep. Uh, I, I don't think it's at the stage of... I've read a couple of times that that Hook's going to have some, some hard decisions to make once once Sekiaro's back. Uh, the, the hardest decision will be how to tell Peter Wallace that he's dropped. There's some there's some um, talk around Sigiaro too though. Yeah, there's some talk that he's not happy there, or the, or that we haven't signed him. Yeah, uh, and or to more to the point that you may sign someone, you know, to usurp him, someone like a you know perhaps like a Cherrington. Oh, Tigers. Yeah, a couple of rumours going around today about that that I saw. I don't know. Look, here's the thing: you you're going to hear a lot of those because of that um, centre of rugby league excellence or whatever it's called out there. Yeah. Any time any player's looking to go anywhere, Penrith's going to crop up, especially if they're a younger player. Um, like before it was open, yep. there were rumours that Luke Brooks had toured the facility. Sure. You know, uh, Gus had to come out there and say, look, categorically, no, we haven't. We didn't show him the facility today. We're not interested in him. I'd like Seguiaro. Um I don't think he's lived up to, to the hype or, or what he's capable of. Yep given he's had a little bit of injury. Um, I would much prefer him to be there than Peter Wallace. Uh, however, if he decides to to not re-sign with the club or if we decide not to re-sign him, yep. uh, it, it's not the worst option in the world. I do have very vivid memories, though, of what it means to have a busted-ass hooker who's just a little bit past his prime yep. in your club. And whilst Kevin Kingston gave great service to the club for a lot of years... Um, he, in the spirit of a a club man, played the last year in reserve grade, pretty much. Yep. So, I I really think that that Peter Wallace is a good stopgap measure. Yep. Um, I like Tamari Martin. I like what he's doing, and I like his partnership with Jamie Soward. Uh, and I like the fact that we have pretty much four kicking options all over the park. I think the longer the longer that at least Soward, Martin, and Moylan can play together and form a combination the more potent our attack will be um Parramatta still played very very good football and yeah. and to be beaten you know the you, you look at it on TV um Jamie Soward proved to be a very very smart operator in this one the play before the last play of the game he's kicked the ball to semi yeah he's kicked the ball you could see you know semi's there there were players from Penrith moving in on him, but he's put the ball up in the air and he was just a little bit off. Sure. Semi's jumped up and got it. The very next play, he's corrected for error and made a very similar kick right back over on top of Semi, pulled it forward yep. so that Blake had enough time to get in front of Semi up in the up in the air and contest it and, and then all of a sudden car rights over. Yeah. Game in the bag. So you know, when when Jamie Soward's thinking we'll do well. Um Parramatta again still still looked like a a genuine finals contender. They they were strong all game. They defended very very well. Um, Foran and Norman are still finding their feet in terms of a combination with each other. Uh, a couple of times Corey Norman should have passed and didn't, and and oh, probably yeah. we call him Gandalf. And yeah, so um, oh, I I don't think that loss will do too much to hurt Parramatta. Um, no, I mean it does suck to lose in the last seconds like that, or you know, well, not even that, like after the, you know, yeah, the last after seconds. The but uh, still, you know, th- they can blame themselves for fucking, you know, 
been too stupid to close the game out to. Yeah, and that's and you know for their sake and for their fans' sake, you know that's something that you know they this is a team that's you know unaccustomed to being you know good. Yep. So they you know they're gonna have to learn and you know how losing all their all their competition points affects them. Yeah. You know moving forward is, is another issue but you know at the moment like, as far as like you know form wise you know, they're, they're travelling okay and, uh, and it's heartbreaking to lose like that but I don't think you know what it wouldn't surprise me based yeah. on Parramatta's success this year yeah. that the NRL doesn't do anything about it till next year uh, I well you know they do have that uh, that, that East 2013 South 20, you know, mm. chosen kind of you know statue yeah. to them but yeah uh, Shanta 86 gave him shit this week Went back and checked the replay. Hiku passed the ball. <laughs> Hiku, Haiku. I'm glad he's keeping those going. You know, now that Hiku's not at Manly, someone has to keep it do it, keep it up. That's phenomenal. S- Scotty Yield, fucking NRL. These six-day turnarounds are just not fair. <laughs> Hash, tweet like a Manly fan. Like that's, <laughs> the same, like that's the same fucking thing. Oh, guys. make it a saying. Please make it a saying. Erebus Chaos. Address to yourself and the show. Who do you think was the biggest X Factor today? <laughs> Personally, I think Cardi has to go close to the X Factor. But you've used it twice in the one tweet, meaning different things. That's what I'm saying. It's not an interchangeable word. That just doesn't make sense. That's, that's like saying, who do you think was the biggest butterfly today? I'm sure Cardi has to go close to the butterfly. That <laughs> doesn't make any sense. My Saguna 85. And that's the power we know. Premature ejaculating with four minutes before the fat lady was ready to orgasm. How, how many fucking purple eggplants are I on that del- one? I delete them out because when I paste the, the tweets into the into Word document, it put the emojis are fucking massive and it just throws the formatting out, so I delete them. <laughs> but there was enough. There was plenty. I think I had to delete... Actually... There was at least nine from memory. <laughs> like it was a fucking lot. I'm not. So, like, I can. I can. I can confirm this though because I can. I can just open up the Twitter app and have a quick look. It was a lot though. It was a lot. So as I say, we go to this weekend league account. And go, okay. So when was this one? It was back on the third of April. So we go back and look at Saguna here, and uh, actually I'll try and find Saguna's name, but um, yeah, it's going to be a lot. Well, it's, well there's, there's, one, there's a couple of one, there's the one you did with a couple of shit emojis in there. So really, you can actually just looking at it this way. I mean, his tweets are really easy to pick out of the <laughs> out of the timeline. You scroll it, through, boom, three thumbs up, three thumbs up, followed by three crying, laughing faces, followed by three uh, punching fists, followed by three eggplants, followed by three sploosh emojis. So there, that's, that's, wow. Yeah, so there was enough. So I said nine, there was actually more like 15. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, great. Thanks, Saguna. Um, Tater underscore chips. That was like nearing the end of a good bang and having someone come in, kick you out, and take over at the last minute. So, hash para. Okay. Mm. Is Tater a para fan? Yes. Okay. And, um,. Yeah, it's obviously the equivalent of uh, blue balls, given they haven't done anything for 30 years. <laughs> M51 Avoider. Good to see Penrith found that X Factor to get in the win. Mm. <laughs> see, they're not going to stop. 
I'm, they have a very particular set of skills. No, I'm not and saying... that involves finding the thing that badges you the most. No, it doesn't badger me. It just makes me sad for them. <laughs> see, and that's, see, that's that's your defense mechanism. No, it's not my defense I'm just, mechanism. I just sit back here just watching it play out. I'm Jay getting his I first understand. little bit of pushback from the community. No, I, I understand that people are going to continue to use this could it. Be your, this, this could be your Tigers in decline. <laughs> this could be your Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> Canberra Raiders 22 to feed the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs 8 Monday night footbitch Belmore Sports Ground just under 13,500 uh, unruly individuals the Raiders 22 came from tries uh, double to Joe Croker Jack White in the try as well Croker perfect 3 from 3 conversions and 2 from 2 penalty goals uh, Doggies 8 came from tries to uh, Josh Reynolds and Hopper Jr Mumbai 0 conversions from 2 attempts this game was surprising to say the least to say the least, um, you know, obviously Canberra were gonna gonna get a lift with with the Viking and mm-hmm. uh, and Caesar back the same week, but I I honestly did not see any way they came out and put that on on Canterbury. Yep. And one thing you know about Canterbury is that they're going to be a very very well drilled team. Yep. What it looked like to me out there was Canterbury came out and thought, well, okay. We're a big, strong, fit pack. Yep. They're also a relatively big, strong, fit pack. We're just going to get out there and be dominant in the middle of the field. Yep. And then when it didn't happen, they didn't know what to do. So Hmm. Canberra came out there and and were just far more hungry for metres in the middle of the park. And, And Canterbury never really recovered from having their game plan completely shot. Um, what what I did see Canterbury able to do in the first couple of weeks of the, the competition was to adjust their game plan. You know, they're obviously always going to go out there and try and belt you up the middle. Yeah. But if that doesn't work or if, if they're really not getting any results that way, then they had options either side of the field to spread it wide early and, and really play some more expansive football. But this week, they they never really seemed to get there. Yeah. Um, one thing, the, my favourite part of this whole game, whole game, was when Josh Jackson got sinbinned, and the referees called out, "Josh, that's ten. And Josh Reynolds just turned around and ran <laughs> off the field. He just, he didn't question it. He didn't bat an eyelid, and he got all the way to the sidelines <laughs> before they said to him, "No, it's not you." <laughs> and he came back. Um, Embi was very, very quiet. He he wasn't calling for the ball, I don't think, as much. Yeah. Um, well, it just seemed like the ball just kept going to the... Like, uh, it's it's mystifying. What it, it just never went... It never went to him. And as someone who had him in his supercoach, so I was fucking disappointed, to say the least. Yeah. It, look, the the other thing that'll, that'll come out of this, T-Rex will end up at the, at the judici- judiciary, I think... Well, trip. I mean, that's already that. That would have been done. Actually, that's that's probably happened while we were doing the show. So, that's uh, probably worth um looking it up. Let's keep open talking, up. Keep talking. Sports, mate. Look, yeah. Oh, Legal. Simona. Life. Yeah, Simona got three, didn't he? Three weeks. Yeah, that happened before before we started recording. Yeah. So um yeah um the the only way Tony Williams doesn't doesn't get a little while for that is if he just pulls a sickie for the judiciary. And his lawyer turns up at the judiciary with a photograph of an actual T-Rex. Yep, yep. And says, look how 
pitifully useless his fucking tiny little bitch arms are, the only way he can possibly tackle is to stick his legs out. He but, was blatant as fuck though. But like, why uh, aren't we why, why aren't we seeing a result of this yet? I don't know. That's Maybe it was missed. It wasn't yeah. placed on report. Nice work, it's, integrity it's, unit. It seems so obvious though. Ah, oh, it was a bulldog, Greenberg. Yeah, it's true. We need um, to. Yeah. It, Again, the the dogs showed a couple of qualities that that I'm not used to seeing in them. The one thing that they have been able to do previously is is to be patient, even if they are a little bit behind, even if another team jumps out to an early lead. Yeah. The the dogs of old have been able to to just calm down and almost ignore the scoreboard. They had this ability to put the scoreboard at nil all, no matter how far ahead their opponent was, and and really grind back into the contest. But they just seem to be trying to rush the miracle play on the third or fourth tackle yep. every single set of six um, the when a team just, just resorts to scoots out a dummy half for three plays and then just starts throwing miracle balls out to the to the wings yeah you know they, they're out of ideas um, the Raiders for their part just look like a team who are you know, enjoying their footy yep the, they've got a bunch of guys out there who who as as Ricky said are never going to be be world beaters as individuals but you know you got your Papalis you you got your um, your Frank Pauls who on the weeks that they don't have brain explosions are as dangerous as any forward in the NRL um, I'm not quite sure that, that they're at um, top gear I think they've got a long way to go and, oh certainly yeah and in my mind I have the potential to probably be the, the biggest surprise of the season yeah, I still don't don't think they're going to be the team that, you know, I don't think they're going to contend, but they're going to win a lot of games. Yep. And the dogs, geez, the dogs can do a, the dogs can really conjure up a performance that's absolutely dominant, but this year, the fuck, they can conjure up the, the opposite too, yeah. though. It's very strange to see that, you know, how they can, like, absolutely put the cleaners through Souths. Yeah. Dominant. It was just, it was, yeah, it was a rout, wasn't it? And in this, they were never, ever at any stage in this game. It's really strange. And yeah, T-Rex didn't even get... He didn't, didn't even have anything to answer. He's, he's got away with it, Scott Free. I thought it was obvious as fuck. I didn't even think... I didn't even think it was an issue of whether he'd get done for it or not. Yeah. But, if, uh, if anyone hasn't been blocked by Todd Greenberg... <laughs> can you tweet <laughs> no him... No I know. Can you tweet him and ask why um, T-Rex's trip wasn't caught by the match review committee when it was caught by the TV commentators? And everyone watching and in attendance. Yeah. So. Grub. DMC Briz. After sleeping on last, last night's debacle, the question must be asked. Is Des limited to making them contenders and not premiers? Well. Man, they got two premierships, so <laughs> maybe it's the dogs. Maybe it's your team's fault, mate. <laughs> Mario Siegs. I hear Josh Reynolds was trying to get Wade Graham's mouth guard. <laughs> Adrian underscore Maitland. What's more concerning, Reynolds' sexual advances or Caesar not rejecting them? Hash unsolicited prostate checks uh, at the base at Chapo. It's clear Joseph Smith didn't favour us tonight. Hash need more magic <laughs> underpants. <laughs> for, for all his grunkiness. Maybe Josh was checking to see yeah. if, uh, if Caesar had magic undies on or not. Yeah, for, for all his grunkiness, Chapo does come out with the occasional jam. Occasionally, occasionally. Very, very occasionally. GT351 underscore Johns. Outclassed, outplayed, doggies had nothing tonight, very poor, not good enough, need massive improvement. 
look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't crap on them too much. I mean, they seem to win very well every other week, uh, at, at worst. Yeah. So, you know, maybe Desi's just got him under the radar, as he likes to say. Previews, round six. Okay, we're kicking off on Thursday night. Broncos versus St. George Illawarra Dragons. Not sure how the Broncos are going to deal with this six-day turnaround. Um, look, the Dragons are in the middle of a two-match Queensland road trip where they got <laughs> fucking pummeled 36-0 the first time. I mean, the Cowboys have a great record at home this year uh, in terms of points scored and defence. Um, Broncos... They're humming along just as well as the Cowboys at the moment, probably. Uh, maybe a tick, un- maybe a tick under. I know they won the other week, but um, maybe you know, I think the Cowboys might be, you know, cranking up their level a bit more at this early stage. Anyway, so having said that, the Broncos are going to fucking dominate these Dragons side, not to the extent that they were dominated last week, but it's it's still going to be ugly. Yeah. I don't think the Broncos. Yeah, there is that. You know, it's it's Wayne's old team as well. Ah, uh, uh, you know, I I think the Dragons are well past that. Yeah, maybe so. I think the Dragons are but well past any sort of Wayne Bennett bitterness. Um, if it, if it were me, I would still be extremely. I think well, at at a club level, oh, he'd he'd be on the list. Unless for life. Unless Wayne's going to go to that entire team with a pair of clippers, there's nothing he could do for them. <laughs> Um, my family will beat this game. I'm, uh, yeah. I've got my beloved aunt, uncle, and cousin up front. Oh, and they're Dragons fans, right? Well, my uncle yeah. is a Broncos fan. Okay. Mad Broncos fan. Oh, yeah, he's the one that's... Uh, yeah, okay. Hang, hangs yeah. down near Bega. Yep. Uh, wonderful individual. So yep. so he's up, and my aunt and cousin are Dragons fans. Well, it's going to be a shit night for them. Look, one thing you Your can't accuse them of... Yeah. One thing you can't accuse them of is being fair weather... Well, no, that's right. You know, um, but yeah, I, I, I really think that the, the Broncos, this game will will dip their arm in kerosene, and light it, and fist fuck the dragons. So. <laughs> that's colourful. <It> was colourful. <laughs> so when and when someone does douse their arm in kerosene, lights it up, and fist fuck someone, how would that convert to like a more conventional scoring system like rugby league has? <laughs> 13 plus. <laughs> <laughs> South Sydney Rabbitohs take on the Sydney Roosters uh, Friday night football. Uh, and this one, these guys have already played this year and um, I, was, I was surprised to see the Roosters got pumped. You know, here we are a couple of weeks later and they're still uh, losing games although they're not getting pumped. Um, the Rabbitohs, it has, it has to be said, I mean, they were, you know, they were fairly shaky. But for the first 20 minutes, I think the Roosters, I'd like to think that the Roosters have improved more over the last three weeks since their yeah. last meeting. Then, uh, and uh, and I think if they could put if they put together a performance like they did against the Warriors versus what South Sydney put up last week, then I think the Roosters can get off the mark. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go the Roosters as well on this one. I think this is where their, their first points of the season come from. Um, yeah. Souths haven't named Reynolds. Yeah, even though everywhere says he's a chance to be back, he's a chance to be back. That normally means he'll be back next week. But uh, I, I really think that the the Roosters have more to gain by winning this game, uh, and and Souths really have a 
a lot of questions from their performance against Manly that I'm, I'm not sure will be answered this soon. It seems like Michael Oldfield has fallen out of favour, and so that brings Arvar back into the centres. Uh, oh, really? I saw a quote saying that he wanted to be like an ambassador or a spokesman against domestic violence. <sighs> yeah, great. I appreciate that, you know, That's yeah, the least if, can if, do. if it's coming from some sort of place of wanting to make restitution and, you know, amends and everything, then... Look, yeah, again, you, you want to give humanity the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So if that's a genuine sentiment on his behalf, you know, well done. Doesn't make, doesn't make like things a, right, but it's... Well, no. It's kind of like Marty Bryant coming out saying he wants to become, like, a spokesperson for Tourism Tasmania. <sighs> oh... I've might come out saying he wants to be a spokesman for backpackers. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say a spokesperson for fucking rainforests. <laughs> I'm imagining Ivan Malat, Malat yeah. next to Ranger Stacy. Well he's obviously conservationist. I mean he planted so many backpackers in the black <laughs> I was just trying to grow Swedish people. <laughs> yeah. I'm to stop our dependence on IKEA and their affordable <laughs> flat pack Swedish crap. <laughs> A flat pack, you. I think the Roosters are going to get off the mark. I mean, yep. it's this competition's hard to say. I mean, you know, teams go up and down, but I feel like that the Roosters are on an upward trajectory, mm-hmm. and they're very close to putting it together. Yep. Um, I think. I think. I mean, you know, we'll turn around and see us will fucking obliterate them. Uh, Parramatta Eels take on the Canberra Raiders, Pillow Fortress, Saturday afternoon, three p.m. Whew. tough one. This is a tough one. This is a tough week. Very, very tough week. Yeah. Like, I, I haven't seen anything out of Parramatta to make me so, you know, think, you know, they're, they're not going to win. But then the Raiders, man, that was surprising on Monday night. Yeah. It was just, it was, it was shocking. I didn't see it coming at all. Um, not the fact that they won. I mean, you know, any given Sunday and all that, but the way, the they, way, the they, way they won and the, the way, way the dogs were absolutely fucking, just no chance at any stage. Yeah. You know, it was, it was one of those games where you're just like, this is a real shit game to watch because this team has just got yeah. there's just no fucking pathway for them to win the thing is the the Raiders got up over a doggies outfit who were definitely off their game yep um, and weren't playing at 100% uh, Parramatta just you know, came up against destiny and and no no one no one beats destiny so I think Parramatta will look to to get on song this year, I think just across the park, they've got a, a few more attacking weapons. Um, on the other note... Obviously, losing at last minute as well is something, you know, like a yeah. motivating factor to, you know, get your head in the game for 80 minutes straight and the coach can use it as a tool for, yep. you know, that week. But so, um, the, the, the Techno Vikings got a belt, a game under his belt. Um, and, and look, it, it wouldn't surprise me if if he's up against up against some tired defenders three quarters of the way through the game that he's back to the form we saw him in last year where he's just stepping three players palming off 47 others and, and scoring individual tries yeah. so up in the air but I'm going to go para para at home yep. that's probably the option that I'm going to go with um, the Warriors take on the mighty Manly Seagulls Mount Smart Stadium this one is interesting from a betting standpoint because the Warriors are paying about a dollar thirty versus three dollars again in a game that Manly usually win home or away um, the Warriors got a, got a win 
and um, you know, have been you know equal parts awful at other stages through the season. Yeah. And uh, and Manly hasn't been too bad. I mean, like their their defense has been uh, been a lot better. You know, except for a small window last week. Um, their attacks fine. The only the only thing for me is once again it's just this. Uh, Lack of uh, you know creativity in the halves with uh, you know makeshift halves combination. I'd I'd like to think that they've you know that they can sit down and watch the tape and realise where they went wrong and you know adapt in terms of whether they shift you know positions around and things like that you know later later tackles in the set um, just to create a bit more variety and unpredictability in what they're going to do. But um, I'll tell you I'll tell you why the Warriors are so short. Look at who's in the seventeen. Yeah, but I mean, like he's, he's you know he's, he's been there before. He was he's he's been off the bench several times. No. Look who's in the three. <laughs> Steve Matai, fucking first try scorer. <laughs> <laughs> put it all on the more you put on, the more you get back. Um, look, Manly going to win this thirteen plus again. I mean, they you know the Warriors are their bitches uh, eternally, and uh, it's, and so it shall continue. Um, for, you know, for every Roger Tuivasa, Sheck and, and Conrad Harrell, they've got a fucking Blake Ashford and Jonathan Wright. Yeah, that's true. Just right to be exploited. That's true. They're asking um, for it. Look, the, the Warriors did look a little bit brittle um, up the middle of the field, and, and certainly with, with Appy and Walker, that that's where Manly are going to attack. Mm-hmm. There's going to be no passing. Yeah, that's um, right, exactly. But when there's gaping holes up the middle, do you really need to pass? Exactly. Uh, I... Mainly getting about eight eight and a half start, I think. Um, eight, and, and yeah. like that's and I'm fucking taking that all day. You're on that all day. I mean, look, I'll take them straight up, but I mean, the eight is just fucking, you know, got to, yeah, got to. So I uh, say, so yeah, mainly eight plus. Eight. No worries at all. Thirteen plus, so in, in the real world. Um, where are we? Penrith Panthers take on the North Queensland Cowboys at the Muddy Puddle Saturday night. Yeah, it. I'd, I'd really like to say I think we can get out and and beat the Cowboys. I I really just think with the style of football they're playing at the moment, the Cowboys are, are going to be a little bit of a too classy opponent for us. Um, haven't won away from home this year though. Yeah, yeah haven't won. How many games have they played away from home? Two. Two. Yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah, that's like just that's almost half the game. <laughs> it's forty percent. Yeah, the I know. But it, but after after five rounds, yeah, I'm, yeah. You, I really don't want to take too many of these. Yeah. Based based on that, you wouldn't tip the Roosters to win a game all year. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I I just think they're playing with a a little bit more finesse than than a couple of other teams. Um, and and my only basis for that is they they react better to their periods of bad play. Yep. than any team in, in the league at this stage. So I uh, I think North Queensland will get it. Yep. Just. Um, but get out there if you're in the area. It's going to be a cracker of a game. Yeah, the Cowboys just play... They just play 80 minutes for me. That's 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 the, that's the difference. Yeah, we'll see Penrith I mean, play Pen- 80 Penrith, Penrith will play to the death of a game, but they don't play for 80 minutes. Correct. They are periods of the game where they'll get like they both against the Broncos yeah. and against the and against the Eels, they played periods of the game where they almost put themselves yeah. out of the game, and the fact that they sort of came home strong was you know a testament to them, and you know it was great they you know managed to jag the wins at the end, but against better sides, and sides that do play for the full eighty minutes, those windows yeah. in which to, if the, if the Cowboys get out to a decent lead, you know what though here's the thing it, it comes down to a couple of players. Did you, see, did you see the articles this week saying that it was Bryce Cartwright's best game of his career? Yes. Breakout game for Cartwright. Yes. yes. Cartwright's an origin bolter. X yep. Factor. Do you know, no, do you know how many offloads he had? 
How many? One. Yeah, but I mean, how many? The, the you need the you need to think about the hidden offloads. No, no, no. Like how many did he, he try had... that, that that went to ground? No, that's it. He had one offload. Yeah. The, the... And that's why he stopped doing he stopped exactly. Doing the retard. So, yeah. so if he if he pulls back on that sort of shit, then he's got he's got the capacity to be a game breaker, as yep. as we saw last week. Yeah. Um, but again, again, I don't think it'll be enough to to get over the Cowboys. And yeah, I think the Cowboys will uh, win fairly comfortably in the end. I think maybe Penrith or Jack, you know, pull something back at the end. But uh, yeah, I think I can't see anything other than more Cowboys than a field goal. Yeah, when they're three behind, two behind. Cronulla Southern Sharks take on the Gold Coast Titans at Reclaim Australia Stadium in the Shire. And uh, look, I think once again it's a hard round. Titans away from home. When, do they, to when do they start? We have you have to go Cronulla. I'm just trying to just really. I'm just trying to establish how close the Titans will get, though, um, because mm. they, look, they they have they certainly have the ability. I mean, if they can consistently bring the performance they had last week to the table, my feeling is they can't, and it's eventually the wheels are going to fall off at some stage, and then the confidence yeah. will drop, and then it'll then it'll all start happening for them. Um, you know, downhill. <laughs> I, I just think that the defence on the fringes. Is is going to be the worry, and and Cronulla will just look to go around them, and they've got the skill out wide to do that. Early points on the board. And what a strange thing to think about a Cronulla side. Mm. Weird, isn't it? Yep. Newcastle Knights take on the West Tigers Sunday afternoon at Hunter Stadium. Is it fine? Is this this is a good chance? No Simona. That could bring someone like Lovett in. Cole Lovett, and he's in 17 at the, in, in the named side, but without Simona there, you know... Was Simona named? Let me just He was tech, named, yeah, I've got, I've got him named. Live. He's, he's named as of the, the team list yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, you're right, he is. Uh, and he, you know, having the three weeks applied uh, tonight as we're recording the show, that, that obviously drops him out. So does, does Lovett go in the centres there? Um, gee, if they do... Is this Sirenin's first game back? He wasn't in last week, was he? Oh, mate, I don't know. You know yeah, I, I just want—I just want to know, you know, what his relationship with that girl is like. Which one? You're in the off season. No, his fucking girlfriend. I think she was just a girlfriend. I don't think they were fiance or anything like that. But to the point where, like, you know, he had, you know, they had tattoos, you know, each other and stuff like that. That was, that was pretty serious. She gets his phone. Yeah. Takes a picture of him. In bed with another girl, like crashed out after a night in the piss, and he's picked some up at the chick up at the casino. They're both naked, like you know, just barely covered in bed, asleep, sound asleep. She's taking a picture of it, going, you know, like this is wow. why, you know, before he before the the story gets spun, this is why, this is why, you know, we're just broken up. Wow. <laughs> and so he has a night about it, and so people are tweeting. <laughs> she's she's tweeted from his account. Oh, wow. and um, and so and so everyone's like, God. Oh, Damn, and then he's deleted. He's you know, event, you know, he's woken up and deleted his social media and everything like that. Okay, I want to know the outcome of that was. I don't give a fuck how many games he's played. Just give me the TMZ. <laughs> Before we turn into this week in Kardashians, yes, um, you know he's he he'll be a boost for them coming back. I I don't rate him at all. To be perfectly honest, I I think that's oh, if for nothing else but but the name um, it's a bit of a spiritual spiritual boost but I think the Tigers will really really find the the form needed to to get over the oh, is Robbie Farrell playing of course ah oh, Newcastle 
<laughs> so you think <laughs> based on um, based on the, on the uh, inclusion of Robbie Farah in the side, as always, he's starting. His name just to start. How many hookers have they got this week? I'm just looking at it here. Well, um, so you got Robbie Farah. I th- look, I think I think they might be. I mean, Cherryton's not there. He's he's well, I guess dropped down, which I think is fair. It's it's fine for him to just drop down in New South Wales Cup because he's yes. Like, what's the point of playing seven fucking minutes if you know he, the the one thing that, that was interesting about the game last week with uh, Cherryton was the Tigers certainly looked like no chance and they looked at their worst when he was on the field yeah and true. I mean and although Farrah wasn't sparking anything he certainly solidified things to the yeah. point, like they didn't look likely when he wasn't there um look is this is is this the week when the Knights fucking just get over that final hurdle if they can play 80 minutes like I oh, don't know fuck that I mean Tedesco's going to carve and get five tries yeah, that's Tigers going to win it's, easily yeah, we're still getting them. Yeah, Melbourne Storm take on the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs Monday night football down at uh, Amy Park in Melbourne, and this is this fucking can. This is the Canterbury situation. Is it the team that got pumped by the Raiders, or is it the team that fucking absolutely slaughtered the Cowboys? So sorry, the Rabbits. This game, they could they could very well just go down there and fuck the Storm up at home. Yeah, you you wouldn't have wanted to have been on the receiving end of whatever Des said after last week. So I, I think if anything they'll be a little bit more well drilled, um, and and the halves will, will play a little bit more of a pivotal role in in terms of the attack. So just based on size, yeah, just based on size, I think I think uh, Canterbury go down there, and and their usual mode of play gets them home against Melbourne. Yeah, but as Bushwick Bill said, size ain't shit. Wow, and stop. <laughs> Look, this this is really hard just because it, it this it comes down completely to the caveat of which bulldogs. I mean, we've seen two complete opposite yeah. sides of the spectrum from the dogs. Yeah, yeah the Canterbury if Bankstown Bulldogs and the Canterbury Bankstown Warriors. Yeah, and so if it's if it's the if it's the Warriors version of the side, then Storm are going to grind them out and do what they do. If it's the side that pumped Souths then you've got a game here and if the Storm continue with their, you know, their dip like they they showed last week, then they're going to get done at home. You know, it would be on a shadow of a doubt. Yep. Um, man, this is tough, isn't it? And then you've got the Monday night thing too where it's, you pick the team you don't think is going to win because invariably it happens. Like, it's the same happened last Monday night. I mean, the statistics on the on underdogs winning Monday, on Monday night football, football must games. be astronomical. Yeah, that's it. So, fuck. It's tough, eh? No. Do- doggies, I I'm, guess. I'm going to stick with the dogs. Yeah. yeah. And that is full time for episode 216. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League and uh, on our Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Make sure you hit the like button, share the post around, put your comments on the post as well, um, help spread the word and all that good shit. We have one iTunes review this week, and the, uh, <laughs> the subject line is five star review. Twill is the X Factor by M51 Avoider. <laughs> 
Pandora's fucking box. Now you understand. You'll never stop listening with new host Jay joining Nate this year. It's a bit different with no hope of his team winning the premiership ever. Jay still brings some very, very funny views to each episode. Some would say he has the X Factor. Yes, Jay is the X Factor in, in capitals. Uh, welcome to your life. So, yeah, thank you so much, uh, Dave, for the review. And, um, yeah, it helps us out a lot if you hit the subscribe button on iTunes and give us a review. Um, and, yeah, it keeps us at the top where, you know, I'd like to think we belong. Supercoach, okay, the um, the overall group, NZ underscore Magpie54 is taking the lead off Ram and Robbo. So it looks like the boys in the mines haven't got as much to celebrate this week. Too much tuners, puds, picks, Toto's terrors, the pool, sharks, SFC, Fijian eels, winter is crowding, and uh, the Wendells round out our top 10. Tipping, David Kingston on top um, with a couple of other people, Desi's Ducks and Dugs. The three of those guys are tied on 29. Ooh. Now, one point back, we have another group of three, Solzy, Mikus, and One-Eyed Tiger. And then after that, we've got a group, uh, another point back from there, Lemon, Bulldog, Wixie, Matthew, Bell, and Nickel. So slowly but surely starting to spread a little bit. And on our ladder competition, I'm not going to go through from top to bottom, but the uh, top five for the ladder competition, Tall Hayden in number one, um, TYHR Blue in number two, Hoops third, Trent Slats fourth, Biggest Tiger fifth. So congratulations, those guys. The most variable competition we do that one because literally one weekend of results can take the last place to first place. Yes, put on. Just the, the way it's calculated. So... Um, it's good because, you know, you, you just don't know what's going to happen from week to week. So, yeah, very glad that we could do that. And uh, I don't have anything else in my notes. So, that's pretty much it. That's it for another week. That's it for another week. Another short episode. Fuck me drunk. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the answer is. There's 40, there's 40 minutes of manly bullshit in there, so. There really wasn't, though. That's the thing. There wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and we were through the mailbag and we were through the news pretty early, pretty quickly it was just and then all of a sudden just fell into this vortex and bam another two and a half hours so for the people who were into the long shows and wanting long shows you're welcome and for everyone else if you don't like the long show utilise your iPhone skipping function that's right like every single review is fucking quality like just but, wisdom yeah. fucking wisdom yeah but if you think you're good enough to do with that little bit of wisdom and your time's more precious, fast forward a little Who bit. Who are we to say? Yeah. Who yeah. are we? If you need to get your Fitbit, Fitbit out and fucking, you know, <laughs> and, and, and retweet, you know, pictures of big-titted mills, then, <laughs> you know, go for it. You know, compliment them on their low-cut dress and, you know, how it looks like that their uterus hasn't fallen out yet from fucking pumping out four or five kids. I don't know. Oh. It's your life. Good night, Twill Nation. Live, live, live it the way you can deliver. Live it the way that makes you sleep at night. You fuck. <laughs> See you next week. Later. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.